Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, July 15th, 2012. Time for a special presentation of the No Agenda Show, episode 426. This is No Agenda. Still pretending to be live on the best podcast in the universe because I'm tossing my bouquet in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I caught the bouquet, what an arm. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> hey, congratulations, Mr. Married Man. No, it's actually tomorrow. I'm oh, thir- I'm well, th- I, said it. I didn't know my own wedding date. This is, this is, this is, you, what are you just tossing bouquets around? Yeah, this is why we, we, we do the show live at a certain time because we couldn't fake doing this to like, we can't, we're too dumb. Face it, we're just too dumb. So uh, we have a special show for everybody today. You want to introduce it? And uh, we're, we're not going to do it. By the way, this is going to be a straight through show. There's not going to be a donation segment. So I want to remind people, of course, that uh, we still are, need to. Uh, contributions and executive producers for the next show, which will list all the people that came in during this last week. Uh, so get your executive producership, Dvorak.org slash NA channel, Dvorak.com slash NA, no agenda nation.com or no agenda show.com and hit the donation button. And that would help us out greatly. And it also send Adam a congratulatory note. Yes. And, and uh, please uh, send that to Ms. Mickey as well. And so here is uh, now I got to give uh, props to a special producer, who put this together, Stephen Anto, which is A-N-T-E-A-U. He says, Adam, I know you're looking to take a, a day off or a week off or something like that for your wedding. More power to you to help. I put together a clip show of your pipeline coverage from episodes 381 to 384. Hearing it all in one place is jarring and very fun. And I agree. I, 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 I liked it, of course, where John and I both screened it, and we thought it was great and highly appreciated that we don't have to, like, figure out more things to do. Uh, just to uh, tide people over. So uh, really appreciate it. I imagine you and John would want to do an opening, but I hope this helped. Yeah. Okay. So here we are. This is the opening. Uh, so thank you very much, Stephen. And I guess we'll pop back at the very end, John, just to say goodbye before we, uh, before we leave. Yeah. I want to uh, hear it again anyway. Okay. Here it comes. Uh, special pipeline uh, edition of the no agenda show. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, February 9, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 381. This is No Agenda. Spending my days with Leviathan here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody from Austin, Texas, I'm Adam Curry. And plain and simple, from northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Devorah. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill in the morning. Hey, Stinger. Uh, we're going to go right into your uh, thing? Yeah, it's uh, it's going to take a while. but uh, well, How long is it going to take? I don't know. It depends. You might immediately go, uh, and I it, might. Uh-huh. All right, we'll start. That would be now, really I'll, unfortunate. I'll start, I'll start asking questions. Okay. But what is one of the, the premises that we... And we actually talked about this on 200.5. One of the premises of our view of the world... <laughs> yeah, there you go. What? Well, what do you, you mean? You're asking me a question right off the bat. I thought you were going to start into a no, diatribe. No, it, it's a question. It's a, I, I need to ease you into it. I don't know. I'm not going to answer this question. It's all about oil. Isn't that what we've always said? Oh, yeah. It's always about oil. Yeah, that's one of our many, uh, many models. Well, this and is... By, and to take it to a further extreme, it's about everybody else's oil. We just want to keep ours and then break the world, and then we have all this oil, and we can be the number one dog on the block. Right. So... I Which think is fine with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I think we were a little bit distracted by the oil per se. Uh, because what I, and it, and it really took me, and again, I've been working at this 18 hours a day for three days straight. And what I realized is it's no longer just about oil. Oil, of course, yeah, important. But what's going on, and I'll just give you a little taste. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't heard it, this is the only thing dominating the news in America today. Yeah. Uh, the shattering explosions come every few minutes in the besieged Syrian city of Homs uh, residence. Government troops are using rockets and heavy artillery in a bombardment that has gone on for days. As the shells fall, the slaughter mounts. Another 60 men and women and children were reported killed today. But residents say they cannot even count the dead anymore. We can't even count the dead anymore. Now, now we uh, we talked on the last show, John. We talked about you know why why is this being hyped up about Syria? What is going on? There is so much incredible hype that there must be something happening. Did, did you uh, pick up on anything? I mean, we've been waiting for this in the New York Times. Has anything happened with Syria? Anything new? Well, no. I mean, have, I mean, all of a sudden, it seems like someone turned the on switch and pushed it towards eleven and said. We we got it. Syria. We, it's all about Syria. 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 Well, I have a bunch of thoughts on this too, with a bunch of clips. Yeah, but I'm more now interested in what you're, what you think you've dug up. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. I preface right. it with the word okay. unnecessary. So uh, I'm going. all right. So I'm going to tell you that this is not about oil. This is about gas. And it only really struck me when I started to gather a couple of maps. Now, John, get your browser ready because I'm going to give you a URL. Hey, browser ready, boss. <laughs> Is your browser ready? Browser's ready. Something ready. Should I be in the Google box or should I be in the uh, <laughs> URL box? URL box. <laughs> put, your, put your cursor in the URL box. All right, I'm ready. Because go. once you load this, you only have like 20 seconds and the rest of the listeners are going to go get it. It's going to crash the server. All right. What? Ready? Yeah. Pipelines.curry.com. You got it? Pipelines.curry.com. Tell me when you have the page loaded. Page is up. Page is up. All right. So I have a picture of you when you're 10. <laughs> now scroll down a little. <laughs> yes, that's it. It's, it's his fault. Okay. First, uh, and people at home can play along with this. So I, I want to show you, uh, these are not maps I created. These are ones I got from presentations. Don't scroll to the bottom. Just stay where you are. Okay? You with uh, me? All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the first uh, picture here shows um, the state of the gas. It says oil and gas, but it'll be about gas, and you'll find out why. So on the right here, you see all this uh, Russian region. You see bits of Iraq and Iran, and you see that's the largest oil and gas sources of the world. And the market, the largest market, is Europe, right? That's the second largest market. Of course, we have other big markets, but that is a huge oil market, right? Uh, gas market. And, of course, the natural route of transit is through Turkey. Going uh, from, uh, and a lot of this, if you go to the second one, you see these are all the pipelines. So we have the pipelines. We have the South Stream, the Blue Stream. And uh, you'll see that uh, a lot of this goes through the Ukraine, through Slovakia, uh, they built the South Stream, which, uh, and we'll, this is interesting, which uh, goes through Greece, and then from Greece it goes to Italy. And, of course, uh, uh, Europe is highly dependent upon gas for a number of reasons. And gas became very important in this past year. The reason well, Gas has become also, we have to note, there's a, uh, to back your thesis up here, 
the recent memes about the cold, cold, cold weather in Europe and people dropping dead is one of these things that, that makes people start to think about this. Well, there's one other reason, which I didn't actually realize. Um, but Japan is in huge, it has a huge demand now for natural gas. Why? Because. Why? Because. They no longer have their nuclear facility. And the next option next to nuclear when it comes to what is the cleanest, what is the cheapest, and what is the easiest to deal with is natural gas. Now, you'll recall that right after Fukushima, Germany said, oh, that's it. We're shutting down all our nuclear plants. No more nukes. Yeah. So they need more gas to generate electricity. And that's just a side note, but something to bear in mind. So First this of all, before you continue. Mm hmm. Our basic premise in two thousand two uh, show two hundred point five that it's all about it's always about the oil. It applies to gas. Mm, it does, but there's something else that happened that we have probably forgotten that changed the entire picture and will explain everything. All and right, go and on. I think it's a model we can apply to everything that's happening. Scroll down so to the. Scroll I down got the to the name for this title for the show already. Good. Scroll the down. The big tease. <laughs> scroll down to the third map. Now, this is the Arab gas pipeline. And you'll see the Arab gas pipeline starts down there at Arish, right? This is where Egyptian gas was shipped into Arish. And then the pipeline goes all the way up, passing Israel on the right-hand side. It actually bypasses Bypasses Israel. Israel, Damascus, up to Homs. Gee, where have I heard that name recently? Uh, every 10 seconds on the news. Scroll down to the fourth map. What's interesting is the Arab gas pipeline only goes to homes. It's not complete because the, the, the mission is to complete the final 230 kilometers into Turkey, known as the Arab, as the Assyrian Turkey pipeline. So what was happening is we had natural gas being shipped in. And this is, uh, in a way, uh, in many ways, competitive to all the Russian gas. You with me? Although the, yeah, the, yeah. the Russians are in on the, everyone's in on it, particularly Europe and the Russians are also in on the Syrian uh, Turkey pipeline. Um, so this is uh, the way the gas was flowing. And we're going to relate this back to Arab Spring in a moment. What happened on December 30th of 2010? We, I don't know. You tell me, Adam. We discussed it, but we didn't really think about what the true... And all this is in the show notes, by the way. We didn't think about the true parameters of what this meant. The Leviathan gas field was discovered. This is the largest discovery of gas in, in, in our century. And it's right, it's right off the coast of Israel, the northern coast of Israel. And it goes all the way, basically, to Cyprus. Oh, boy, isn't that interesting? So all of a sudden, the entire dynamics changed. Israel, which has always had to import their gas, and they imported it, by the way, straight from Syria through that Arab uh, pipeline, Israel now will become one of the largest suppliers of gas. Now, if all of a sudden we have this huge gas field sitting right there in the Mediterranean, and we have the biggest consumer being Europe, what is the most logical route? The most logical route is to go through Cyprus 
straight into Greece, bypassing that entire other chart that you saw, bypassing this entire deal that you've seen with the Arab, uh, with the Arab pipeline, the Arab gas pipeline. So, and they, Cyprus is owned by the Russians. Cyprus is owned partially by the Russians. Cyprus is owned partially by Greece. Uh, Turkey is very pissed off about the whole Cyprus thing. But who yes. do we see showing up in Cyprus? We see Hillary Clinton showing up. There's a company there called Noble Energy. And Noble Energy has very tight ties to the Bush family and the Clinton family because Israel got a little bit greedy and they said, hey, you know, those laws we had in 1951 about how, you know, how, if we ever had any kind of natural uh, resources, we'd tax them really low. We're going to jack that up a little bit, if you don't mind. Just a, just a little bit because, uh, you know, we can make some money here. And then Hillary Clinton immediately came out and said, hey, you know, this is no good. And then she started working on something called the Law of the Seas. Remember that? The Law of the Seas, which determines the territory of each individual country and all the rest belongs to the U.N. or some other bull crap like that. Yeah, good. Because who actually owns this? Well, Lebanon says it's theirs. Uh, or at least part of it, Israel's like, no, 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 this is the promised land, man. This is what Moses brought us here for. This is ours. Cyprus is saying, you know what? Uh, I think maybe it's ours, but we've got Noble Energy here, the Houston-based company. Uh, we'll work with you. No problem. We'll, uh, we'll be your buddies. And we've seen a whole lot of really interesting things happen between Israel and uh, Cyprus, but also Greece. Homs, of course is really important because you want two things to happen. Gas is not a, is very cheap right now. So we, we can't just say, oh... It's depressed, actually. Right. We can't just say, oh, here's all this gas, you know, because it won't even be worth it to export it. But if we can create some kind of scarcity, i.e., let's blow up some pipelines, right? And what happens in homes? The pipelines, it's getting blown up continuously. Oop, blown up. Now, three months after this discovery, three months, the Arab Spring starts. I'll remind you that Egypt was exporting their gas into the Arab, the, uh, the Arab pipeline, which bypasses Israel. Not only do we see the entire regime and the whole country destabilized, but their pipeline was blown up four times during that time. Four times. Libya. Hmm. Libya was exporting their natural gas to Italy straight into Europe. That stopped. When all of a sudden we had the Arab Spring and the, and the Libyan no-fly zone, stopped. Done. No more natural gas was exported. They're trying to restart that, but they're not going to. Tunisia. Tunisia delivers natural gas to Italy via Algeria. So this has always been about the gas. Now let's check in on some of the elites and what they're doing. This is where it gets really, really crazy. Um, I have a clip here. This is the, um, uh, the new minister of energy for Greece. <laughs> it's, it, it, just, it, gets, it just gets too funny. And he used to be the economic minister for Greece. And he was actually the ministry of the economy up until the crisis. And then all of a sudden he switched roles and he became the minister of gas. And why, you'll figure out in a second. So he goes to Jerusalem 
because the Greek, the Greeks, the Greeks, of course, they want to have this deal. They they want to have this gas coming in from from this huge Israeli field to sell to Europe and basically shut everybody else out. So he goes to Israel and he does an interview with the Jerusalem Post. But the interviewer is like a 13 year old girl. So he he's really cavalier. You know, like he'll just he'll, he's just laying it all out there, and the things he says are outrageously amazing. Here's a question one about exporting gas from Israel to uh, Greece and then from Greece to Europe. Only, only a few weeks following the formation of a Greek unity government, Environment, Energy and Climate Change Minister George Papakonstantino is the first Greek official to visit Israel as a representative of the new coalition. Is Greece considering importing Israeli natural gas? There is at the moment a big discussions on how to bring to Europe gas from a number of areas outside Europe and diversify sources. Uh, the negotiations, for example, on bringing gas from the Caspian Sea are now going to come to a conclusion. We are trying to make Greece the hub for gas uh, transit to uh, northern European countries, either via Italy or through the Balkans. And uh, in that context, the discussions with Israel are ongoing on uh, the possibility to bring in also uh, Israeli gas. And these have been discussed at a high level in the past between the two prime ministers uh, and uh, at the senior government level. So this new prime minister in Greece is very interesting. Uh, the old guy, Papandreou, he actually was trying to do a deal with the Russians for the, um, let me get the name of it here, uh, the pipeline, uh, here it is, uh, the Burgas Alexandropopoulos, which would come from the Russians through Bulgaria into Greece. So this is why he had to go, because they. it's like, wait a minute, we've got all this Israeli oil, we don't want that stupid pipeline that's way too long, we can ship it right through Cyprus, we own half of that anyway, we can still work with the Russians, we can still put a deal together, but we're going to be the guys. So they bring in the new prime minister, uh, and this prime, this prime minister is all over that. The new Greek prime minister, as of November 11th, Lucas Papadimos, last week told Netanyahu that they're interested in strengthening relations with Israel. What do you think he meant by this exactly? I, I have learned in politics to never interpret uh, what the prime minister says. However, uh, for the last uh, few years, uh, starting with um, the previous government, George Papandreou's government, uh, there's been clearly a new page opened in the relationship between the two countries. Uh, and uh, I think um, there have been many instances. Uh, there's been the visit, uh, of course, uh, that has happened to Greece. And uh, a clear desire on both sides to uh, move closer on a number of issues, uh, political, economic, uh, etc. So uh, Prime Minister Papademos is simply uh, pushing that further uh, and he spoke with uh, Prime Minister Netan Netanyahu a few days to reaffirm our willingness to keep a cooperation uh, that is mutually beneficial. 
Yeah, mutually beneficial. So all code words for, hell yeah, we're doing a deal with those guys. Are you kidding me? This is going to be great for us. One reminder once again about this guy, this Greek energy minister. Constantino also served as the Greek finance minister until summer of this year. And he talked about some of the causes of the economic issues facing Greece. So he was a part of the collapse of Greece. And I believe that he was a true shill. Because what has been happening with Greece as they're trying to figure out their deals. It's not, I, this is where I made the mistake. I thought, you know, it's, it's really, it's all about the uh, austerity measures. No, 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 no. It's also about the privatization. The private, remember we're talking about Greece selling everything off. So what is going to be privatized? Well, the, obviously this uh, transit of, 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 of natural gas is part of this privatization deal. So you don't have the government soaking up this what's going to be a bonanza and then passing it out to the public right so they're privatizing the airports they're also privatizing the port in general but they're also going to i actually have the list here uh concession of the ports and airports uh athens international sale in the stake of the public gas corporation now there it is Uh uh-huh uh, also, sale of the banks. Now, the gas corporation, the electrical corporation, is DEPA, D-E-P-A. The CEO of DEPA is a certain Mr. Harry Sakchinis. <laughs> this just gets crazier. He was uh, also group vice president of Standards and Poor's. So I think what's going on right before our very eyes is they're, they're trying to delay as much as possible uh, the Greek bailout, because it's not about the deals with the pensions. It's all about the sale of the of the state assets. This is exactly what happened in Russia, by the way. This is how yeah, you get the Russia oligarchs. Russia sold off all their really great assets to these oligarchs who now are billionaires overnight, mm-hmm. largely because of this uh, essentially taking what was in the public trust. Mm-hmm. And instead of sharing it, I mean, we've seen evidence of many stories we've talked about over the years about, you know, you know, where some some government like Ecuador, for example, wants to take their oil reserves and not give all the money to Standard Oil or Texaco, but to pass it to the public. Right. The way they, they kind of do in Kuwait in in the parts of the Middle East. They share the wealth with the public at large. I mean, California, for example, if we did that here, we'd all be rich. So, Yeah. So this is a, they, they actually, I have the, some of the articles speak of the new energy order. And Israel is, lit, and you know, and we use this for jet fuel. And by the way, wherever there's gas, there's usually oil. And this thing, it is, if you look at the Leviathan field, it is literally the mother load. Who was the first uh, company? Now remember, Noble Energy is key here. Noble Energy um, a lot of ties to the to the it's they're from Houston, so a lot of ties to Bush, but also to Clinton. Uh, who was the first company to uh, get the offshore drilling contracts when uh, President Obama opened up the Gulf Coast? Noble Energy. They're the first ones. They're all in line. Clinton uh, was you know has been pressing Turkish officials to back off from threats to send warships to waters around Cyprus in a dispute over the energy deposits. Um, she is completely protecting Cyprus, and this is not necessarily country against country. This is corporate warfare between different gas and oil companies, depending on who they're affiliated with, being fought with real guns against real people. 
So this whole Syria thing is not necessarily Russia who are trying to protect them, but it's factions within Russia who are most likely working with the site with this with the Russian Cyprus uh, faction who are working with the Clintons and the Bushes on noble energy who really just want to make sure that there's enough demand. So let's ratchet down the uh, the gas to Europe. And we've already seen that uh, uh, 30 percent less gas is being transported um, uh, from uh, from uh, what is the uh, the big Russian company? I have it here uh, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, oh, it's too cold here. We can't send you enough. We have pipelines being blown up continuously. Well, who's doing the blowing up of the pipelines and why? Simple, because they need. It's it's a very short pipeline they've got to build if, between this, uh, basically between Cyprus and Greece, because they're not going to. It doesn't have to go from Israel. It's Cyprus to Greece, and Israel is is now building. Um, uh, 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 military facilities in uh, in Cyprus. Uh, here we go. I have, well, it's it's all in the show notes at three eight one dot shownotes dot com. And this destabilizing of Syria is probably, and that you know now I'm just going into hypothesis mode, is probably our promise. And probably Clinton's, uh, Hillary Lucifer's promise, like, hey, don't worry about it, Israel. We're going to hook you up because we're all in on the back end of this. We're going to make sure that that gas is not flowing from Homs up to Turkey. We're not going to have that happen. So this whole thing, everything, right back to the Arab Spring, this all started after this huge discovery of this gas, of this Leviathan, great name, by the way, Leviathan gas field <laughs> Leviathan. In, uh, in Israel. And you can apply this to everything. Who's next on the list? Italy. And who do they put in there? Another shield. Goldman Sachs is in on this, by the way. They, you know, and it's like, I think it's a club of maybe of a couple hundred people, and they're all in, they are completely in with the contracts. They know who's getting what, and they do not give a crap about people. But they are pushing this theater into, oh, well, yeah, we're not going to invade Syria. There's no way. The Russians are going to take care of what they got to take care of. And it's probably the competing Russians who are working in Cyprus who also don't want to see this uh, pipeline completed from Syria to Turkey. It becomes so incredibly clear you can almost relate anything we're seeing in the news back to this one thing. Right down to Romney and Santorum and Gingrich, who are all sucking off Israel. They know. They know where the money is at. They know it. Why is Israel so important? Well, now it actually is. It is important because it's it's trillions of dollars, perhaps. And they don't give a crap. They will kill anyone. Well, for that kind of money, you would, too. So, um, so there's this guy, Patrick Seal who wrote a bunch of books about the Middle East, and he's an expert out of England, and he seemed to have a grip on this whole thing. And he th- saw this the action in Syria as pretty much, although he never talks about this this field or the oil, uh, gas, and oil uh, aspect. He does have most of the players down, and he does see it as a battle between the United States and Israel. and uh, On the same team, obviously. On the same team against the Russians and the Chiners. 
Yes. On the oh, yes. You, oh, yes. I left the Chiners out. No, no, the Chiners. Yeah. Of course. No, the Chiners. But I want to play, as a break here, mm-hmm. I want to play two clips from this guy. One of, both of them are a little long, but they're very interesting. And the, and it turns out that it's very easy to do what's, what you're describing, in other words, blowing up these pipelines, because the Muslim Brotherhood in Syria, which is another reason we can't get involved in this thing, because they're going to end up taking over the place if, this, if the civil war continues, and then we'd get blamed. Uh, now we already let the Muslim Brotherhood pretty much take over Egypt, by and we Muslim. want and we want them to, John, because they're just going to muck it all up as long as it slows down the gas. Right. So anyway, so they so they've got a built-in situation, and he explains the geopolitical part. This is called the Siri on uh, or Sur, is it Surly? Searle? Searle. Seal. It's actually his name. Oh, Seal. S e a l e. Seal on the Middle Eastern security, and he kind of discusses the uh, the player so we have an overview and by the way when you listen to this it's obvious that this is nothing we should get involved with and if you watch these idiotic presentations and by the way the, there's one other element you've got to bring into this with this this thesis the british and british petroleum and the mi6 who seem to be stirring up the pot on a lot of these things, and I would like to hear your take on that. Okay. But let's play this guy's take on what, what, you know, what factions are at work uh, playing in that area. Disputes going on in the opposition. Some say we must cooperate with the Muslim Brothers. Others say no. Some say we must seek external intervention. Others say no. Some say we need a dialogue. I believe. Isn't the, what, are you playing the right one? Are you playing Seal on Middle East security, or are you playing what's really going on in Syria? Yes, um, Seal on Middle East security is the one I'm playing. Huh, okay, well then I go on. Play. You want me to play the other one? No. Oh wait, yeah, play the other one first. I'm sorry. That's the summary. The well, last what's one. really going on in Syria? That's the one. Yeah, you want play me to that. Play? Sorry. You see, I think to understand what's happening, one has to see this as a concerted attack, assault on not only Syria but Iran as well. You see, uh, Iran, Syria, and their ally Hezbollah in Lebanon. That trio a sort of Tehran-Damascus-Hezbollah axis, has in recent years been the main obstacle to American and Israeli hegemony in the Middle East. And the attempt now is to bring that axis down. Of course, they're fighting back with, with, uh, with their allies, with their friends, like precisely like Russia and China. So that's what we're seeing on that level. Internally in Syria, is a completely different struggle. Now, you see, the, the main element in the opposition, the main, the most powerful element in the Syrian National Council is the Muslim, is the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, we, just the other day, they celebrated the 30-year anniversary of the assault on Hama by Hafez al-Assad, the, the, the father of the present uh, president. And in that struggle, uh, at least 10,000 people were killed in the city of Hama. Now, we have to understand the background of that. Hama, in 1982, was the climax of a terrorist campaign by the Muslim Brothers, which began in the late 70s, to overthrow the Assad regime at that time. And uh, they seized control, the insurgents seized control of Hama, uh, butchered Ba'ath Party uh, members and officials, and it was only at that stage that the regime moved in and crushed that insurgency and killed a lot of, uh, of people, a lot of innocent people. Now, 
the specter of what happened then, 30 years ago, hangs over the present situation. And the Muslim brothers, they've been outlawed for the last 30 years. They've suffered all sorts of problems at the hands of the regime. And they are thirsting for revenge. So that's why I'm saying it's, it's kill or be killed. The present government feels that these are armed insurgents and the mistake of the opposition was, in fact, to resort to, to arms. Okay. Who is this so guy? The, Who is this guy again? What, where is he? Where is he from? What does he do? He's from Britain. He's a book writer. He's got a bunch of books on the Middle East. I think he's a security expert. Mm-hmm. And it seems as if that it didn't take much more than for somebody, I can't imagine who, to arm the Muslim Brotherhood. And, of course, we couldn't ever take credit for doing that because this is a group that really doesn't like us either. And just let all hell break loose right in that one area, like you said, where the uh, pipeline ends. And now they can't – the pipeline is stuck there while they're trying to deal with this crap. And then, of course, the reporting on this is just dreadful. I was watching uh, Anderson Pooper. I have a thing if you want to listen to this clip. Yeah, He's I got do. some guy named Daniel. Oh, yeah. There's no Danny, reporting Danny. on this. It's Danny. It's Danny, Danny on Skype. Danny on Skype. Now, I've seen this. This is, this is fantastic. Hold this on. is a fraud. Hold on a second. Where, which clip is it? Which clip is it? It, says, it should say Anderson Cooper somewhere. No, I don't see any Anderson. That's weird. Uh, did I did you forget uh, it? Riley nonsense writer, Maldives, Prexy, idiotic comment, guns in school. Uh. Did you forget to send it? Oh, that's too bad. Uh, it's a pause. I do have it. Oh, no, it is right. The second from the top. Bogus serial oh, right, report right, right. by Anderson, Anderson Poop. Cooper. Now, this this Pooper guy, uh, I mean, this Danny guy, I saw him this morning on with the uh, with the morning girl. Before I play it, I want to <laughs> set this up. He's with- calling in regular reports. <laughs> This idiot is calling in. Yeah. And yeah, by the way, there's a clip of him talking about some dead kid. And it's like. It's but you never see the pic. You see the same picture of a guy with his with his with his heel bleeding. He makes a mistake. Oh, in uh, this in this Danny. Yeah. He if you hear it's very hard to hear him because but he says, where where's where the U.S. when we need them? But he meant U.N. UN. Ah. So he says, where's the U.S. Uh, where is the U.N. when we need him? It's a very interesting flub. But. I'm sorry. But wait, a couple other things. I want to point out to people that in any armed conflict ever, there's always reporters who sneak behind the lines and give us at least written reports that are highly accurate. There's nothing coming out of this area. Not a single thing. Late word tonight on the slaughter that Bashar al-Assad and his security forces have unleashed in Syria. U.N. Security General... uh Uh, By the way, just listen to the setup. Oh, this is pathetic. This and I, is pathetic reporting. He, there's no proof of anything going on. I mean, we do see some bombs going off here and there. But it, but you can't just report like this if you don't know for sure. I have uh, I have some great clips that fit into this. We'll continue. Uh, ban Ki-moon calling the regime's assault on Homs a sign of worse to come. After four straight days of bombing and shelling, it's frankly hard to see how things could get worse. By the way, you only see two explosions and smoke in every single video. It's the same right, one, and the over, one and over and over again. the one video that shows the explosion, first they have the camera pointed at where the rocket comes from, and then they follow it right to the point as if it was staged. <laughs> well, yes. Did you notice the way yes. that was shot? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, dude, we've got so much to talk about. Worse than this. Woo! In 
incoming artillery rocket fire in several cities. That's not incoming, by the way. The neighborhoods, especially Baba Amr, where this video was taken today. More than five dozen people killed. Reports that field hospitals and medical professionals are being targeted, along with the wounded. Now, the killing, the atrocities unfolding, despite al-Assad's commitment, or stated commitment, to ending the violence. He made that promise to Russia's visiting foreign minister only yesterday. He's made that promise before, of course, and that promise has always been broken. By this morning, his sincerity could be measured in dead men, dead women, and dead children. Which we have not seen any proof of. The activist and opposition member known as Danny has been risking his life daily, bearing witness to all of this, posting videos on YouTube. He filed this dispatch just after today's shelling began. Now, before we show it to you, I want to warn you. Graphic. It's not especially graphic. It certainly is horrible. It's uh, also the saddest. Not, simple graphic. Not, it's not graphic. It's just horrible. Listen to me, slave. It's horrible. You will think it's horrible. Reality in homes right now. trying all day with no success to reconnect with Danny. We thought we had him several times. Communications are extremely difficult. The streets are deadly. Just before airtime, we managed to get in touch with another activist named Abu uh, Abdo, who had just witnessed a friend die. So um, I, I got to say a couple things here. So um, for anyone in that region to say, we're, we, where's because I've seen more video of this guy who, by the way, is getting the two book deal out of it. I hear he's going to do great, and he's saying, "Yeah, we need the UN. We need the UN." Did you know that Barbara Walters sat down with Assad and had an interview with him, a forty-five minute interview? Somehow we missed this. I, I don't understand. But it wasn't recently. It was December. That's well, was it. You sure? Yeah, yeah. December. I thought it was a couple of years ago. No, it's December. It's December. Well, I did see it. I saw the interview. And uh, you want to hear what, he, what, what Assad thinks about the U.N.? <laughs> yeah, I, I disagree. Last week, an independent United Nations commission who interviewed more than 225 people issued a report. What it said was that your government committed crimes against humanity. Hmm. And they went on torture, rape, and other forms of sexual violence against protesters, including against children. Hmm. What do you say to them? I mean, what I am saying again and again is hmm. that protesters were, hmm. uh, were beaten. Pro things happened to them. Hmm. Um, do you acknowledge that? Do you hmm. acknowledge what the UN said? Very simply, I would say send us the documents and the concrete evidences that you have and we'll see if that's true or not. You have a lot of allegations now. Did the UN not send you these documents? Nothing at all. You mean the first you they, they don't have even the names. And this is true. I've read the UN documents and just like Libya, they have no one. In Libya, it was like, oh, all these people getting raped and they had one woman who later said, ah, I don't want to talk yeah, anymore. Yeah, let's not forget the Viagra bull crap. Yeah, exactly. Who are the rape people or who are the, the tortured people? Who are they? We don't have any name. They didn't. But we, they've issued... Sorry. Mr. President, they have issued this report. They have accused you... It must be true! You and your regime. According to what? Well, according to what they said... 
225 people, witnesses, um, men, women, children. That is a lie because they have no names and witnesses in the report. I've read the report. Whom they interviewed and identified. And that's when they called it crimes against humanity. We are government. We have government. We have institutions. They should send us the documents. Uh, as long as we don't see the documents and the evidences, we cannot say yes. That's normal. We cannot say just because the United Nations. Who said that the United Nations is a credible institution? <laughs> Who says that the United Nations? We, 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 we know that you have the double standard in the world, in the United States policy, in the United Nations that's controlled by the United States and the West. So it has no credibility. So it's about evidences and documents. Whenever they have, we can discuss it. Just to discuss the report that we don't see any reality related to it. Just a waste of time. You do not think that the United Nations is a credible organization? No, for one reason. They haven't implemented, uh, they never implemented any of the resolution that related to the Arab world, for example, to the Palestinians, to the Syrian land. Why don't they? If they talk about human rights, what about the Palestinians suffering in the occupied territory? What about my land and my people that left their land because it's occupied by Israel? Of course not. You have for every citizen, it's not for me as president. I'm telling you about the, the perception in the, in the whole uh, region. You do, you do not think the United Nations is credible? No, no. never. It's not something before my generation. Uh -huh. It's something we inherited as a concept, as belief. You have an ambassador to yeah. the United Nations. Yeah, it's a game we play. It doesn't <laughs> mean you believe it. Yeah, it's a little game we play. <laughs> so... Well, which is a fact, and of course yeah. we just uh, mentioned earlier in the show about the 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 United Nations voting, you know, a million to two uh, to get the yeah. U.S. to stop their embargo in, in Cuba. And I said we just tell them to shove it. So Assad, although um, I do believe what he's saying, you know, this is the terrorist acts taking place. Well, uh, and the, the, the expert from London says it's just it's the Muslim Brotherhood uh, uh, trying to. Uh, do their do their Seek job. They're, and they're doing their job. They're doing their job. They have to blow up the pipelines. However, yeah, well, they're doing a good job. So even though Assad is telling the truth here, he's a player. He's a player in the game, and he lets it slip in this clip. So, what's the biggest misconception? Why is there this misconception? And you are saying the country is stable. We have some factions. What's the misconception? First of all, who the most, most of the world? Most of the West? You mean? Not just the West, Turkey, not, not well, the West. Wait, Turkey, Jordan, Turkey not the, the members, world. that's not the West, the members of the Arab League, they are saying to you, they are imposing sanctions, some of them are telling you to step down, these are your neighbors. There's agenda for those countries, it's not, it's a political game, it's not because they don't care about the killing, they don't care about democracy, most of these countries, they have agenda. I'm not going to talk about it now. I'm not going to talk about their agenda. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the agenda because he's in on the game. Yeah, but, obviously. But again, this is not just about countries. This is, And so this will relate back to your question about uh, the British and the MI6. You can't see it just as the British and MI6. It's the corporations. BP has their, has their own agenda. Uh, ExxonMobil has their own agenda. Shell has their own agenda. So whoever has the right people in the right place, this is corporate. The, the, the yeah, government. Chevron and Unical are also, yeah. also players and also, uh, Gazprom, whoever it is out of Russia. So, so, uh, obviously. Well, wait, wait, before you go on with mm -hmm. this. I've, yeah. I want to throw another, just another wrench into the works. Okay. 
So while there's a bunch of this propagandizing going around, especially on the you know the news shows about this Syria action, and you see pictures of Hillary in the UN, who by the way she does not look good. No, no. Uh, all of a sudden, out of the blue, comes Brzezinski. <laughs> Your buddy, my pal. <laughs> yeah, just listen. Is that the is that the cue? Well, here? I mean, I just I don't re I didn't know what to make of these two clips that I picked. I mean, essentially, he always keeps going back to to world governance, which uh, again is code for uh, let uh, you know let we want to get in on this action too. Uh huh. You know, so the elites, because what you're describing is a huge tri multi trillion dollar money making scheme. Yes, which is would make sense that people would want to get in on it. But he's trying to – he's making assertions and uh, uh, other commentary that uh, I think – it just doesn't sound right. But in the in the meta view that you're giving us, it actually makes a little sense. And I don't know which one of these to play first, but play lost it first. Collectively address the problems that the world faces. One of those is to is to I think in your in your term expand the west to include places like Russia and Turkey. Absolutely. I think that it's in the vital interests of the west to do so and I think drawing in Turkey, drawing in Russia would greatly increase the vitality of the west. And after all, the Turks, in the course of the last hundred years, have demonstrated a determination to be modern, secular, and democratic. So they're really part of our value system. In Russia today, we see for the first time the emergence of something we can call a civic society. Okay, so what's happening is he's... And we're going to put names to these eventually. We will and be able to way, figure it out. by the way, he is on that side of the equation. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, we're, we're going to be able to figure it out because what he's saying is Russia... Turkey, Europe. That's the way it should go. And, and I'm just going to relate that to the pipelines because there is the South Stream, there's the Blue Stream, there's all these pipelines that run through Turkey. So he wants Turkey, 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 Turkey. How many times has Hillary Clinton been to Turkey? She's been trying that too. But and now, by the way, let me give you something on this meme he just said. He said that it's a modern, secular, yes, democratic. Yeah. For the last hundred years, they have been fighting this. The public in Turkey are fighting, fighting this. They, and he says they share our value system. They are a hundred percent Muslim society that would love to go Sharia. They don't share any. That's bull crap. Yeah, the elites do. But this is not, this is a only. I was thinking when I first saw this before I'm starting to think about this other thesis was that what is he this guy has he not been to Turkey recently has he not been to the Istanbul airport I mean it's just short of having goats in it I mean it is it, it all the women are covered up and it's just very extreme you'd think that you're in uh well, you know, Saudi well there, Arabia. there there are a lot of uh, places in Turkey where you know uh, the the burqas come off and the girls go crazy I mean there is some Well actually in Istanbul the party yes, section Istanbul. there is beyond compare yeah, I have yeah. to say they know how to party in Turkey yeah, I'm not do. saying that's not true they do. but that can end at the drop of a hat with one new government and I'm I just don't see that what what he's seeing well I, Turkey I is obvious opposite. well Turkey is obviously against the whole Israeli thing in fact Turkey it have to be yeah I mean they're saying hey Cyprus you know we that's our territory you can't have that you know, they've had this been this is the whole history of Cyprus and Turkey. But again, just and and if you haven't seen it yet, please go to pipelines.curry.com. You'll see where all of this is is headed and the shortest route from all this wonderful resource uh, replacing nuclear energy going right into Europe. Something very interesting happened, though. 
during the uh, a recent Spokeshole Carney uh, press event. So he is delivering the message. Before he gets asked a question by Jake, I like Jake because he's kind of compromised, but he always comes up with a great question. And, uh, and so he's saying, look, we don't really have any official reports on what's happening in Syria. Uh, you know, so what is really Do you guys have anyone there? Do you really know what's happening in Syria? Which is kind of like a softball for Spokeshole Carney to lob it in and tell you how horrible and the crimes against humanity. And then something very funny happens. But first, the set up with Jake in the spokes hole. And, and just to follow up on the Syria question earlier from Nora, did um, there have been reports uh, that because of all that's going on, and I, I think it's Holmes, um, the... Uh, I think it's Holmes. <laughs> really, dude? You think so? There was a hospital that lost power uh. and a number of... Premature babies. Die. There we go. There's the premature babies again. Incubators. We're back. We got it. As a result, I don't uh, know if that's a true story or not. Obviously, in situations like this, there are a lot of rumors. Um, does the White House? By the way, rumors in the general media have now been replaced by bloggers, bloggers and YouTubers. This is this is the big trick in the media. So instead of saying we heard rumors, no, we have a blogger there or a, a YouTuber. This is very important for media assassination. Know anything about the extent of the violence? Factually, what's going on? Factually, I assume we have people on the ground there to a degree or another. Are we monitoring exactly what is happening? Well, I can say that we have all here seen. The reporting and some of the horrific no there's no reporting we see youtube videos horrific video there's no reporting of, absolutely no, no. The, of the escalation of violence that's taking place in syria um over the last few days and it's res clearly resulted in the deaths of hundreds of civilians clearly clearly resulted in the deaths of hundreds of clearly um and been uh, accompanied by troubling statements from senior regime officials who have pledged, quote, to cleanse the country of renegades and outlaws. Oh, cleanse. There you go. Nice little genocide meme. Throw it in yeah. there. Pour it on, Carney. Um, that is hardly reassuring and only uh, reinforces the fact that the Assad regime fact. is engaged in a brutal campaign to slaughter its own people. That's ex it, uh, that's ex he's, he's, he's Hitler. It's a fact. He's just engaged to slaughter, slaughter like cattle. Uh, a people that has, uh, this process began when, when the Syrian people peacefully demonstrated in support of, a, of reform and transition to democracy. Bullcrap. So I, you know, I, I don't have any details to impart to you on the kinds of information we might have with regards to what's happening in Syria beyond uh, the news reports, but the news reports are bad. <clears throat> Bullshit. The news reports are bad enough. Then something really funny happens. There's a Russian reporter. I, I don't know how he got in, but Carney is not loving this guy. <laughs> and the Russian reporter is calling bullcrap on Carney from the beginning, and he winds up finally asking his question, which Carney just completely ignores. But it's a, I don't know, something wrong happened something went horribly wrong and this guy snuck into the white house press corps he's alex alex from russia press that'll be the and, last time you'll see him by the oh way oh yeah no this guy this guy he's dead now already he does i don't think the guy lives believes they were the right decisions andre andre that's his name uh come back to syria please mm -hmm. uh, of course the russians and probably the chinese too uh say that they are not supporting the syrian regime 
what they are supporting is the international legal regime, the international legal norms that exist in relations between states. They do not want anyone, including uh, the United States, to pick a regime they don't like uh, inside uh, rebelling against that regime. To, you understand what I'm talking about. So it may be hard to hear. What he's saying is, you know, the reason the Russians didn't want to join in on the veto is because they follow international law, which is like, don't meddle with uh, another country. Of course, it's bullcrap, but don't meddle with an, uh, another country's business. Just stay out. You know what I'm saying, spokes all Carney, right? Basically, what you uh, just presented to us was a rhetorical, political, even economic aggression against the regime. My question is very simple. What, uh, what are the specific legal grounds on which you do this? Very good question. What are the specific legal grounds on which you can go and uh, place sanctions and try and threaten uh, an entire country like Syria? What are the legal grounds? I would refer you to uh, the United Nations, to our uh, mission there, but I, and the, to the State Department. What no, the president is saying this, dude. You're supposed to say it. What you saw and what you see today is a broad international consensus against the behavior of the Assad regime, the brutal... Brutal killing of the Syrian people. Uh, we think that's wrong, and uh -huh. we uh, agree with um, many of our uh, partners and allies around the world uh, and in the region when we say that. The uh, I think again the, the 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 images that we've seen just this weekend. Dem He's struggling now. He's like, oh man, how'd this guy get in? Uh, let me get back to the images. Demonstrate that the kind of behavior being carried out by the Syrian forces under the control of the Assad regime is is a vile and unacceptable. Uh, so that is why we supported the United Nations Security Council resolution, and it's why we'll continue to work with our allies and partners to further isolate and pressure uh, the Assad regime uh, to allow the Syrian people the opportunity to choose their own future. <sighs> That's the approach we take. Okay, Andre's not done. Okay, uh, if I may, uh, one additional question. I actually wanted to ask him uh, to remind you that lynching, lynching is he says lynching. illegal in the United States. <laughs> you need to have a court of law. But uh, I will not ask about that. I will ask you, but can you tell me? Andre, I feel like it might be 1982. And it's, uh, I don't know. Uh, lynching is illegal. Uh, many many like-minded people uh, form a posse, uh, hunt somebody down. Andre, do you have a question? <laughs> I have a question. The question is, uh, uh, can you assure me that we are not working uh, inside Syria through your uh, special uh, forces, whatever it is, the working military? So he's saying, can you assure me <clears throat> that there are no special forces from the United States working inside Syria to stir up this crap and blow up the pipelines? Can you assure me that? That's the question. Well, I'm sorry, what's the question? <laughs> are we... Is the United? So can you tell me that the United States is not, is not taking any military steps to? I think we made government. very clear that we uh, are pursuing uh, a political and diplomatic course with regards to Syria, uh, and we will continue to do so. Wow! Uh, so he doesn't answer the question. No, he actually he did answer by not answering. He couldn't say no <laughs> because that would be a big fat lie. Because we're there, we're part of this. We have promised Israel to do this. We have promised. By that's the way, why they voted for. That's why they made this idiotic vote when they have no concerns about Cuba. 
to vote with us on that stupid, <laughs> stupid resolution. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, Israel, we vote no. And Iran, by the way, ships gas uh, to Turkey as well. Well, this is an interesting. Let's go back again, back to Searle. Uh, not Searle, but Seeley. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the summary that I that you started to play because this is kind of interesting because it's quite likely uh, when this is over I will explain or you can figure it out but it's quite likely that all this action about Iran has something to do with this. Now is this the uh, Middle East security or the what's really going on in Syria? The now? one the, the Middle East security summary. Yes, because okay, you played right. the other one and. Uh, because it's possible that we're kind of missing the point of Iran, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think this but is... But listen to this. Listen yeah, to this okay. theory right. this guy right. has. Good. Disputes going on in the opposition. Some say we must cooperate with the Muslim Brothers. Others say no. Some say we must seek external intervention. Others say no. Some say we need a dialogue. I believe dialogue is the only way out of this. And indeed, the Russians have suggested to both sides to come to Moscow and start a dialogue. But the opposition says no, we can't dialogue with, with Bashar al-Assad. He must be toppled first. Well, that's a dangerous, a dangerous position to adopt. Now, Saudi Arabia is the the Arab world's heavyweight. It is the great financial powerhouse. Uh, it doesn't particularly like Iran. It thinks sees Iran as a regional competitor. It's frightened of Shia uh, power. The fact that Shias have come to power in Iraq as well. Uh, and so it would rather like to contain Iran. However, there are some Saudis, some senior Saudis who understand that Saudi Arabia and Iran are really partners. They, they, they share a yes. responsibility for the security of the Gulf region. And yes. we should start a security dialogue. That's what they need to do rather than being dragged in to this quarrel between the United States and Israel on the one hand and Russia and China on the other. Yes, the new energy order has made the Iranians and the Saudis uh, natural allies. Now everyone is, has, is against Israel because Israel's got the mother load. And these guys are sitting like, wait a minute, we're here in the freaking sand and these guys are going to be sitting in the catbird seat. They're exporting everything. We got to like work together here. And the way to keep that from happening is to keep saber-rattling, claiming they got nukes, because it's been said in many, we've seen a couple of these uh, security uh, uh, sessions on C-SPAN where they talk about, uh, you know, the, the real problem, even though we now assume because all the security uh, agencies claim or say, all of them, say that Iran's not, or, uh, Iran's not working on any sort of nuke. No. But you want to make it seem so because it frightens Saudi Arabia because if, if Iran actually got a nuke, every other country would have to get one because they're afraid these guys are nuts because of this Shiite thing. But the f fact, as this guy expressed, is those two countries that maybe what's – this is just to keep them from ever getting together by, by right. scaring everybody with this bull crap. Exactly. Oh, the, you know, Israel's going to bomb them. Oh, we're going to go in. Bomb, 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 bomb. And all of our candidates, except for Ron Paul, who seems to be the only one that would just love to just back out of this deal. <laughs> yeah. They're He's all, the only all... one that's, that's honest about These other guys are just full of it. Well, they probably got back-end deals, dude. Do you know? I mean, if oh, you, yeah. if you, yeah, if yeah. you look at... What am I thinking? Hello. Yeah. Hello. No. Nope. Ron Paul, 76, he's set for life. He doesn't care. 
Noble Energy. Noble Energy is the one to look out for. By the way, in Iran, we have, you know, we've had all kinds of things happening, little uh, terrorist attacks, little explosions. I'm reading from a report August 12th last year. An explosion Friday at a gas pipeline that runs from Iran to Turkey has disrupted gas exports. The explosion occurred early in the morning as part of the pipeline that is Turkish territory near the border with Iran. This is happening on a on a con- increasing level. And we can apply the whole, I'm thinking now, John, seriously. Yes, Europe is in trouble. Absolutely. But when you put together, and by the way, this is what tipped me off with, uh, with one of our buddies. He, he sent me a note and said, I can't believe it, but Standards and Poor is thinking of upgrading Greece. This is a rumor that's out there. They're thinking, and this was on Bloomberg, that they want to upgrade Greece. But when you understand that the CEO and president of the, if it isn't already 100% privatized, the soon-to-be completely privatized uh, DEPA, the Greek energy company, which will handle all of this gas, which they'll ship off to uh, to Europe, used to work at Standards & Poor. This is it's, it's, The whole thing is an inside game. And who was it that actually screwed up Greece? Goldman Sachs. So Goldman Sachs puts in a Goldman guy. He's right at the head. The minute this guy's in, oh, all of a sudden, Greece and Israel, they're visiting each other. We're hanging out. Yeah, we're having discussions. Italy, Goldman guy. Why? Because it has to go from Greece to Italy to Europe. They're comp- it's, these are warring corporations. Corporations, I tell you. Not countries, corporations. It's crazy. We just have to figure out which ones so we can invest in them and and ride <laughs> so the gravy I'm, train. I've been looking up this stuff. Yes. I'm looking at this. Well, Noble's already got. Uh, they got like, they're, they're, no, they're, it's a hundred bucks already. You can't. Yeah, you can't it get was in down to like fifty, and yeah. that's a hundred. You can't get Although, into those guys. Although you never know. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, you get. There's probably two or three of these players that you can sneak in on. Well, yeah, there's investment opportunities. That's what the show's about. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I. This is what I've been spending uh, my week on, and uh, and the more I look at it, and the, the more it's just like, oh, this makes sense. the whole Arab Spring. It was about stopping the gas to do because you can't have gas coming in from everywhere. Then you know the gas becomes so cheap that you can't make any money on it. Syria, by the way, is and not. And by the way, also this explains why we've done nothing about Bahrain, Qatar, any of these other countries with the Arab Spring, no real gas. Arab Spring yeah. action. <laughs> no gas, no no interest, no no gas, no care. NGNC. That's your hashtag. No gas, no care. You got no gas? I don't give a crap about you. You're not important. But think about, and this is my crack pottery. Think about Fukushima. All of this happened after this discovery. Hey, man, what are we going to do about these nuclear plants? Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you make it really scary and really dangerous, and that'll be more demand for gas. Japan can't get enough gas. India. Israel has already, is already putting deals together to ship their gas to India. India's freaking out. They need gas. Who's going to send it? Israel. They're doing deals right now. I've got all of the, it's all in the show notes, 381.nashownotes.com. You know, you think with the food they eat, they'd have all the gas you'd ever need. Mm. Hold on. Ooh! <laughs> Simultaneous dingage. So, but I just look at the Arab Spring, I'm like, it makes so much sense, John. Yeah, no, this is good. I think this analysis, we should just keep this as our basis for watching this action going on in Syria and, and elsewhere. Um, and we've got to we've got to be able to put the corporate names to the shills. So Hillary Clinton, we know she's in with Noble, um, and even Bill Clinton came out and and started yapping about that. 
So there, yeah. But they, we know that the the Clintons really work for the Bushes, and this is a Houston firm. So, duh, really simple. But also the Far East uh, Energy Corporation, which is owned by the Chiners, they're also involved, and I think they're in the Clinton Bush camp. I'll just say, you know, Clinton Bush Obama, because it's not Obama; it's whoever is running the, the show with him. Because he immediately, the first company, the first company. To to uh, to get offshore drilling in the Gulf, Noble Energy. Never heard of them. Guess where they have connections? You're gonna love it. Switzerland. Zook. Zook. Switzerland. Glencore. Mark Rich. Clinton. Connect all those dots. And I think if we just keep this in mind, you and I, because we'd kind of gotten away from it because we had overlooked the gas thing. You know, it's like gas and whatever. I had no idea. And we had actually discussed this Leviathan field. But we never thought about the implications. Now, going back, and I actually did a lot of the search on my, uh, I have one of those uh, Yacy search engines, so it filters out all the bull crap from Google, and it just gives you kind of part sparse results. Man, I found so many amazing articles about how huge uh, problems have been predicted uh, between uh, Lebanon and Iran and Israel because of this gas and the maritime borders, and who really owns it. And, that, and again, that's why you get the laws of the sea. That's what Hillary Clinton has been spearheading herself. Well, you know, this is who really owns it, and this belongs to them, and, and then Cyprus, and, you know, so, but it's, it's corporations, because you have Russians who want to ship the gas uh, through the Arab pipeline, and you have Russians who are in Cyprus and want to get it from Israel. And it could be the same guys, for all I know. That's just the heads. They don't give a crap. And they don't give a crap about people. Well, they just don't want anybody else getting it. That's the Of course, problem. of course. And this totally, now, now for once, I can say, yeah, Israel is really important for douchebags. So let's take, a, let's take take. a break and, and uh, yes. for the moment, I and then do. we'll get back to you. I'm going to show my support by donating. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, February 12th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 382. This is No Agenda. Doing my best to ignore the distraction of the week here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State. Coming to you from Austin, Texas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where things never change. Hey, we started the show at 9.09. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Bottom Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> yeah, there must be some secret Illuminati meeting to that. 909. Uh, if you haven't heard it, episode 381, we had a pretty good conversation about... Uh, what all this bull crap in the, the Mediterranean, the Middle East is all about. It's all about the gas pipelines. And so I'm sitting there actually editing. And I always have uh, here in the studio, I always have, uh, I actually have uh, two satellite feeds. And I've got my uh, my iPad running CNN. And uh, I happen to be watching Sky News as well. And... Uh, <laughs> And as and the only thing we didn't discuss was this. I'm like, oh crap! I now I gotta we gotta talk about it on the show so I can put it into this uh, this montage I'm making. Two explosions have killed at least 25 people and injured over 170 others in Syria's second largest city, Aleppo. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. Well, we know that the pipeline uh, that goes into uh, the Arabs the Arab pipeline that goes to Turkey that you know it has to go from. Homs, where all of this, uh, I'm sorry, where um, Assad is killing, slaughtering, the Syrian slaughter, he's killing his own people, that it has to go through Aleppo. <laughs> I'm like, oh, 
Oh, we we should, we should have just said watch for something to happen Aleppo. We completely forgot, and would there it is. In the red book, you would have nailed it. Would have totally nailed it. The funny thing is, this was an explosion. Of course, it's the pipeline uh, construction that exploded, and uh, you know, it was Syrian soldiers pr- uh, predominantly who uh, who died. And this report says, okay, well, it, uh, we got an explosion in Aleppo. Now back to homes. And now there are reports that Syrian forces are preparing to mount a final assault on the rebel city of Homs. <laughs> it's like, okay, something happened up there. Please, please, whatever you do, don't look over there. There's nothing to see don't there. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. Please continue to look at Homs. Homs. Hey, homies, Homs. It's just... Uh, just phenomenal to to see these things unfold and now of course i'm like okay whitney houston's death i'm sure it's related to the pipeline somehow it's like everything i everything i see is like how is how does it relate to the pipeline how well it doesn't oh (laughs) i'm good well you know i didn't even i was still on syria you brought you wanted to get the whitney thing in there so we're done with her okay good so let me get back to uh I was, I was expecting you to come up with the Hollywood whackers. Um, no, I'm telling you, it's an Illuminati sacrifice. Uh, this is to change the thinking and the mindset and the energy of the world. There, something very important is going to happen. Uh, save it for the second half. Well, you ask me again. Stop asking me then. All right. So back to what's uh, the real news of what is happening in... Uh, uh, with this huge oil discovery in Israel, man, Lucifer Clinton, she literally didn't waste any time. This week has been a very, very, very busy week for her. You okay there? Go on. As uh, now, of course, we know that uh, we're going to have some form of transport of this gas through Cyprus into Greece. And uh, I've got tons that I can talk about. We'll touch on some of it briefly. I don't want to repeat everything we did on 381. Uh, but guess who shows up in Washington? Oh, boy. We have the foreign minister from Cyprus with Lucifer. And she does one of her little clippity-clop things where uh, they both come out through the doors that open up like Darth Vader's entering. And here comes Lucifer. I have the clippity-clop sounds. Very interesting. First, we'll, we'll listen. It's, it's very short. It's a minute in total. As uh, uh, Lucifer starts off with... Her reasoning, how important it is that the Cyprus foreign minister is in Washington. And then what the, what the Cypriot foreign minister says is, I mean, it's if you now relate that to our pipeline theory, it's pretty astounding the things that are coming out of her pie hole. Well, I'm delighted to welcome uh, a, a, a another foreign minister uh, and one with whom uh, we work closely um, and the relationships uh, between our two countries is uh, deepening and broadening all of the time. Deepening and broadening all of the time. Yeah, gee, I wonder why. Is that because your buddies there of uh, noble energy are in Cyprus, uh, Hillary? Is that why it's so important? Uh, we're you know, very pleased uh, that we uh, work together on regional issues uh, as well as bilateral. Regional issues, okay. You mean like the big gas field in Israel, uh, Lucifer there? And we will be uh, discussing those in great depth. Uh-huh. It's all about the depth, by the way, which I think is funny. It's deep depth. It's all down, low, yeah, underground, the pipeline. And I, I want to uh, welcome uh, you here, Foreign Minister, and thank you for coming. Madam Secretary, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity to be here with you and uh, discuss, uh, I think, on a very interesting and important agenda that we have in
those cameras are so annoying. And why don't they mic these, are these people? digital cameras. You don't have to have, but they, they make No, they don't racket. have to make any noise at all. It's they so annoying. Be, there's somebody's mic the cameras. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so, I guess it's so we don't hear because she's giving a lot uh, away. Dealing with uh, issues of common interest. Oh, issues of common interest. Mm, what could that be, John? What common interest do we have with Cyprus? <laughs> None. None. <in> None. Concerned? Primarily in Cyprus question. Issues about our presidency, the Middle East, and the Arab uprising in the North part of Africa. Oh, it's all about North Africa and the Middle East and the Mediterranean. Uprising. Uh, in and the and the and the Arab uprising. <laughs> you mean all about that Israeli gas? Yeah, Arab Spring. All these are very interesting issues, and I look forward to discussing them with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Oh, the cameras are so annoying. I didn't realize how annoying it is. So um, you know, uh, 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 along with this comes some interesting news. Uh, there's now, you know, we've been talking about the the pipeline. Cyprus uh, is probably going to get a. Um, a natural gas terminal would be a floating natural gas terminal. Uh, this, all of this in the show notes, of course, 382.nashownotes.com. Even more interesting, though, uh, today, or actually uh, yesterday, came word that uh, the Nabucco pipeline, this is the uh, pipeline that, which was Europe's flagship uh, project, uh, the gas pipeline uh, to the Caspian Sea, uh, is definitely off. It's not, the, the project is dead. Gee, I wonder why it's dead. And what's even crazier, these guys, are they're so into, into getting this done that they're now talking about the world's longest undersea power cable. Cyprus could become an energy bridge between the European and Asian continents by uh, installing a four, 540 nautical mile undersea power cable that would transport 2,000 megawatts of power at a depth of approximately 2,000 meters. That's pretty, uh, that's rare, I'd have to say. They really want to get this power um, into Europe, and they really want to do it quickly. That seems like that's a really easy, I mean, I don't know. I, I've ne- I don't know about un- undersea power cables. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine somebody blowing that thing up. You'd have a lot of electrocuted fish. <laughs> Be fish forever, that's for sure. Maybe it's down there just to block the fish from coming in from the uh, Stargate. <laughs> Thank you. And then um, comes news. Yeah, really. Um, that there will be, I'm sorry, the offshore Israel liquid liquefied natural gas infrastructure contract has been awarded to an Italian firm. Well, that's very interesting. An Italian firm. So all eyes now on Italy, because if we're already uh, bringing in the new oligarchs in Greece who will take over the infrastructure, uh, Italy will be next. It's not going to be Portugal. It's not going to be Spain. We have to take over Italy. And who shows up in Washington this week, John? Oh, my goodness. The the attaché from Italy. Yes, the Italian foreign minister with Lucifer doing her clippity-clop. Clippity-clop, clippity-clop. Fucking cameras. Well, good afternoon. And uh, we are delighted to be welcoming uh, the prime minister to the White House this afternoon for his meeting with President Obama. 
and the foreign minister, uh, who is well known in Washington. Well known. Oh yeah, we know him quite well. Uh, here to the State Department in his new capacity. Uh, the United States and Italy have such a strong uh, friendship and alliance, and uh, we are working on a full range of important issues. Very important issues. Hmm, what could those be? Pizza imports. Hmm. From our common efforts in Afghanistan to our concerns over Syria to, of course, uh, the economic issues that will be uh, the topic of the conversation. As we take over all your crap. With the president. Uh, but I want to underscore how confident we are in Italy, in Italy's future, in the extraordinary commitment uh, that uh, Prime Minister Monti and his government are bringing to the challenges confronting uh, the Italian people and in the Italian people themselves. Uh, so it is with uh, great uh, personal pleasure that I welcome you back, Minister. Wow. Is she blowing him or what? <laughs> and, you know, it's like, please, this is a, you know, the Monty, of course, is a Goldman Sachs shill who was brought in. Uh, and, it, and and if you relate this to how the power has to flow from Greece through Italy, it makes total sense that Italy is next. Thank you very much, Alessandro. It's a great pleasure. It's an honor to be seen here at the State Department. And uh, I believe that we are going to have a very interesting conversation about uh, political issues, which are... Uh, yeah, right. I'm sure we talk about political issues. No, about divvying up the, the, the goods. A common concern to both our countries and where we are involved. You know, the secretary that we are particularly engaged in Mediterranean issues. Mm -hmm. Mediterranean issues? Hmm. You just have to replace... And every single time one of these douchebags says political, just think commercial. If they say, you know, the people think us. You know, just replace yeah, all those no, words. The funny thing, you know, I was thinking about this uh, over the last couple of days. And, uh, you know, Sarah Palin used to... Who just was at CPAC, but Sarah Palin used to brag about how it was set up in Alaska where the, the, people, where the, the people got the money. The people got, you know, they had a lot of oil up there that gets pulled out and it gets divvied up. Everybody gets a check for a couple grand at least. Everybody in the whole state. And their tax rates are low because it helps pay for the taxes. Like you have a natural resource that's specific to that state. And since we are a federal style government where the states have these powers, you, you just say, hey, this is... Uh, Stuff that belongs to the people of the state, and they share it. Even though, you know, I, you can see, well, that's just a bunch of communists. It's socialists. <laughs> communists. Commies, damn it. It's communists. <laughs> but the, but the, the thing is, is it that... It belongs to the people. Of course it does. It belongs... And so California has always irked me because even though... I, and I'd worked for an oil company, uh, Union Oil of California. And I was always thought it was unfair that we not only had oil that was being pulled out of the ground uh, just... To, underneath everybody and uh, privately owned and uh, and we not only got no benefits from this as a state we got very little tax income because we're broke but they would also they would also have the highest gas prices i mean during the crisis in the 70s and the one more recently our gas prices like right now it's like four dollars a gallon it's it just like we pay more. We would get screwed twice. It's unbelievable. You know, and, and, and this is why the, you, you wound up at the end of your career doing this show and you're not like some elitist uh, with a billion dollars because your thinking is all wrong. Yeah, no, my thinking is totally wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm a communist. He's stupid. It's stupid. It's I'm stu a stupid communist. Stupid. Like, <laughs> stupid communist. Now, listen. And so it's like, 
these countries that have always had that that idea. I mean, uh, uh, Kuwait shares the wealth with its uh, citizens. They have a you know they it's higher standard of living. Hey, citizens. Uh, Saudi Arabia. Every time they have some issues going on, they they just write a check to everybody. Hey, calm down, people. Here's a check. Here's what a do check. you want? Yeah. Five grand? Yeah. With five grand, shut you up? Okay, five grand. Right. So they do that. We don't do any of that because we're taught that this is not right. It should all be owned by a guy Dude. who scams everybody because <laughs> he's got the government on his side. It's just like it's always – but some of these countries like Greece – as we, as we as we point out in the last show, and and to a lesser extent Italy, but definitely Cyprus, they always had this common ownership idea. But now they're getting screwed out of it by the by the uh, the true uh, elitists, you know, the people who, yeah, the people who really run the world. But thirty more seconds of the minister of the foreign minister from Italy, especially uh, the developments in the, in the societies which are leading to all sorts of uh, democratic institutions and which are reaffirming. The sense of the Arab Spring, but they're also concerned. See, he's also talking about the Arab Spring. So it's all code for we got it. We're in. We're in. The, we're in the pocket. Learned about developments in Syria and Iran, and that is something where we should have a common purpose and a common understanding on, on how to proceed. So, oh yeah, we have an understanding. Sure you do. Oh, I'm looking forward. Yes. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you all yeah, so thank you very much. much. Yeah. yeah. So, it's like uh, applause. Yeah, yeah, this, this. exactly. It's like good job, boy. Good this job. All that camera action. So um, I look. What at, kind of shots do they expect to get? Yeah, really. <laughs> and why is it so loud? And why aren't they mic'd? Yeah, it's very annoying. Um, so of course, uh, uh, the stupid slaves in Greece are rioting and protesting once again. And this is about the new package from the troika. And it's gotten pretty bad uh, in Greece. But, of course, the Greek government doesn't actually give a rat's ass about the people. They care about the bailout package. And I looked at the package. You know, it, it, we all talk about it, and they just talk about, oh, the money, the money, the austerity. And I'm like, well, what actually is in this package that they have to sign? And uh, I was able to find a list. And uh, here it is from Reuters. So there's fiscal adjustment. Uh, before any funds are dispersed uh, under the bailout, the government must pass a supplementary budget, including spending cuts. Okay, bank recapitalizations, i.e., give money to the banks, taxpayer money to the banks, and then here it is: privatizations. This is part of the mandate from the European Union and the Troika Starfleet Command. The Troika being the IMF, um, the uh, European Central Bank. And what is the third one in the Troika? I don't know. The Darth EU, Vader. Uh, Council? Darth Vader. Or Darth Vader. Here it is. Uh, cumulative privatization receipts should be at least 4.5 billion euros by the end of 2012, 7.5 billion by the end of 2013, 12.12 .12 billion by the end of 2014, and 15 billion by the end of 2015, an initial privatization target of 50 billion, 50 billion euros <clears throat> should be achieved over the medium term. Point two, increased powers for Greece's privatization agency to sell assets in pieces or liquidate it if it cannot be sold in its current form. It's very important, this uh, little ditty here. And the third point, the list of companies who full, whose full or partial privatization will be launched in 2012 include gas company DEPA, gas grid operator DESFA, 
and the refiner Hellenic Petroleum. So there it is. There is it's black and white, forced on the people that their their ownership in the most <laughs> their imp- ownership of these about to make a lot of money. Yeah, operations is, is now done. And then I see, and, and I'm like, oh, okay. So they got more power. The uh, the privatization agency. Well, it turns out uh, in July, Greece named. A new team that will head up the privatizations agency that is set up to undertake these billions of euros and at the sale of uh, billions of euros. So who's in it? Well, let's see. Finance minister, blah, 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 picked Eurobank equities executive Kostas Mitropoulos as the agency's managing director. So that's, uh, let me see, is that a banker? Yeah, that's a banker. Uh, a private bank, I might add. Uh, he also named Giannis Koukiadis, uh, a law professor and former minister and European Parliament deputy, as board chairman. Well, this is getting pretty good. We've got some really partial guys on here. This, this sounds really good. Um, other board members, Andreas Toprensis, uh, former CEO of Hellenic Post, So they'll probably sell off the post office and former chief executive of Athens Water. Yeah, of course, don't forget, we're trying to do the same thing here with our post office. Yes, of course. So but we now now when you look at Greece, you just say, oh, that's the new Russia. This is it's everything fits. And the Russian model worked very well for certain groups of people that were well connected. Look, I'm well connected. I I need to get something for my uh, all the work I've done for you guys. Yeah, everyone's connected, and uh, and they're doing it right on the backs of the slaves, and they give them all kinds of little things like you know elections. Oh, you can go elect, you can pretend to elect somebody, and all kinds of little. Oh no, the public is just completely uh, out to lunch on this whole thing. Yeah. All the protesters, they don't know anything. They just they just throw stuff and get it out of their system. Yeah, it's, it's good the real for you. Troublemakers get isolated and thrown in jail, and that's yeah, or they, worse. Almost like a uh, shut up, slave. It's almost like a, uh, a honeypot. Uh, and I had mentioned on the previous uh, episode uh, about you know the, how all this relates to the Arab Spring and that Egypt's uh, uh, pipeline uh, had been blown up as well. Uh, actually, I found an article as I was researching for my video. Egypt's gas export pipeline in 2011 was attacked 10 times. <laughs> 10 times! Hmm. 10 times! It is so obvious what is going on. And then just just to make it completely crazy, I think you call it re- recursion. Maybe we call it fractal. But the, the, the script leaked out for the reality show. Uh, that is uh, this interview with uh, Assad. I'm sure you saw this. Maybe you didn't. Is this the one that you played in the last show? No, 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 no. So what happened is uh, Anonymous... Oh, those awesome dudes at Anonymous, whoever they may be, apparently hacked into the uh, Syrian Ministry of Presidential Affairs email system and exposed emails which showed that the Assad regime is out to propagandize Americans who are so stupid that they can be manipulated by the media. So this this was so mind-boggling. I want to play this report. From Wolf, Wolf Blitzer. And what's crazy about it is here's a report that is 
supposed to tell you that you are that you are being manipulated by the Assad regime. But of course, this is actually manipulation in itself, and we're buying into it. This is how stupid we are. Syrian opposition group is reporting as many as 137 deaths at the hands of government forces today. And now we're getting a shocking inside look at how the Syrian government shocking. is allegedly spinning the crackdown to the outside world. The source? Secret emails post secret emails. Secret, John. They're secret. They were secret. If they were secret... They would be called cables. They're secret emails. ...by the notorious hacking group Anonymous. Brian Todd is here. He's working the story for us. Uh, Brian, what exactly are you finding out? Wolf, one person we know who is connected to that hacker group Anonymous says... Uh, one person we know. <laughs> you mean your CIA handler? Is that who you're it talking about? It could be about? anybody. Uh, you can say that yourself. That's so far. I'm going to say that all the time. And when I was talking to Anonymous the other day... These uh, emails appear to be authentic, and if so, it does not look like Bashar Assad's aides have a very high opinion of Americans. It's days before a big interview with an American network. Barbara Walters. And Bashar al-Assad is being coached. To spin this crackdown, one aide writes, don't talk reform. Americans won't care or understand that. The aide advises the Syrian president to talk about, quote, mistakes, blame his own police. American psyche can be easily manipulated when they hear that there are, quote, mistakes done, and now we are, quote, fixing it. So this is the point where my mind is boggling. I say, am I really hearing a report meant to manipulate the American people that is actually saying that someone tried to manipulate the American people? It is, it is so mind-boggling this is taking place. Here's what Assad then said about the crackdown in that early December interview with ABC's Barbara Walters. This is individual, and that's what I call, what I described as individual mistakes. Okay, done by the military or done by whom? We don't know everything. But in some cases, done by the police. In some cases, done by civilians. That email on what to say was apparently from Sherzad Jafari, press attaché at Syria's mission to the U.N., to one of Assad's press aides in Damascus. The hacker group Anonymous posted the email passwords of top Syrian officials. Hackers like this one cited by Foreign Policy magazine claim to have downloaded the emails and posted them online. CNN has seen the emails. They appear legitimate, though we cannot independently verify their authenticity. Uh -huh. The email apparently from Jaffari advises Assad on a quote to give. Syria doesn't have a policy to torture people. Says he can contrast that with the U.S. and mention Abu Ghraib. Referring to Assad as H.E. for His Excellency, it says at one point H.E. was viewed as a hero, and in other times H.E. was the bad guy. Americans love these kinds of things and get convinced by it. They think that the American uh, public is, is really stupid. I had <laughs> no, they're right. They're absolutely right. They're totally right. They're totally right. But so what? You know, I mean, this well, is like no, nothing. Hold I'm gonna Everybody get, does this. I got a punchline. ...president who says he was once imprisoned and tortured by the regime. This is how what they taught us at the school, that, that the Americans, they know nothing about the world. They, they, they really uh, enslave their people. Yes. They, they, the worker has no rights. Yes, yes, yes. And, 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 and the U.S. And they really think so. They think that the American is easy to fool. Yes. David Kenner of Foreign Policy magazine says the email reflects an amateurish effort to present serious yeah. case to the world. What is their current media strategy? Um, honestly, I think at this point, um, they think they have lost the Western media. They, they've lost the United States. Um, I think All right. So, of course, I went and looked at the so-called emails that were posted to Pastebin by Anonymous. And... Uh, 
Very interesting, because if you actually read the the email that was sent, which, you know, here's how it starts off. Hello, dear, comma. So I, I guess uh, this person forgot to say, uh, and this, by the way, is coming from the Syrian attache at the United Nations, the most corrupt organization in the world, where the script was written. Now, I'm going to read this, this opening paragraph to you, John. I, I think you'll agree with me that something else is going on. Uh, please let me know if you need anything else. Barbara will be here on the 2nd, and the interview will be on the 4th because she's leaving on the 6th, so that would give you some time to do the edit- editing. Thank you. But this they're just handing the script from the United Nations. This is not propaganda. This was a script that was written in collaboration with ABC News. They had a meeting at the United Nations and said, okay, listen, and this is from the person at the United Nations saying Barbara's going to be here. I guess you, this person means in Syria. Here's the stuff you should talk about because we've already done the pre-interview and you'll have some time to edit it all together. This is the stuff that's important to manipulate the American people. It's the script. It's not like some big crazy conspiracy it's just a script like everybody does and Assad is a player like it like Barbara Walters is a player well she's more a pawn but she's a player but they but yet this is spun into like oh the other oh, the propaganda is crazy they fooled Barbara Walters you know and of course we're on to this crap and just about the time that we're like starting to understand what's going on and expose it then all of a sudden yeah. Let's change the news and kill Whitney Houston. So, uh, I wonder, I trying to, f- I'm looking at some articles about uh, some previous public relations uh, ploys by the Syrians. I'm wondering who, there's obviously a, uh, there's two groups involved, is the, and I think the oil interest may be one of them, or the gas interests, whatever, same thing. Yeah. Um, same guys. Who are the, you know, there's, they're taking two sides. It's interesting because it's like a public relations battle that they've, they're losing with this story because this story is a bogative story that totally bogative. really is designed to just make everything they do look crappy. Like they're, they're just trying to manipulate us. They suck. They're horrible people. <laughs> and, you know, they should all they should die. get a different firm. And nobody considers the, you know, the scripted aspect of it, the United Nations aspect or the Barbara Walter aspect or the or the or the post fact or the after the fact editing, which is considered. It, it, no, you can't do that, even though they apparently do it. But, all this, the but, time. This, but this is a briefing from a PR agent here at the end of this briefing. And this is something that, you know, Lois would give us if we were to do an interview. Uh, key points, the government's crackdown, the bloody regime, civil war, security forces and violence. Tanks, the YouTube torture clips, President Assad ignores the bloodshed and the help of other countries in the Arab League, army defectors, Robert Ford's returns to the U.S. for security reasons, Syria is an authoritarian government. So these are the key points they know that they know that Barbara Walters is going to focus on. And then at the end, the broadcast hours and channels, and they give the whole rundown. The interview will be broadcast across ABC News platforms, including New, uh, uh, World News, Good Morning America, This Week. I mean, it's, an, it's a PR briefing. Yeah, ABC, not NBC. I, th- I thought I said ABC. Yeah, ABC. Uh, which means, here it says, uh, full-length treatment across the digital space. This is PR talk. For ABC News, this now includes Yahoo as well, which means you can reach as... I don't really... Interesting. ABC and Yahoo. Which means you can reach as many as 100 million people. ABC News and Yahoo recently joined forces, which is another reason why so many people now bring their interviews to us. 
Really? This is a PR briefing. And yeah. you're right. And and so what? Yeah, I know. So what? <laughs> but there's more PR going on. I just caught this this morning on I CNN. I mean, CNN itself does these. Thank you. He, well, here's CNN playing along nicely. CNN next Sunday night, 8 Eastern. A collapsed cooling tower. Leaky pipes. Why is this nuclear power plant still online? So no one's going to talk to us? No. CNN presents Nuclear Standoff next Sunday night, 80 Nuclear Standoff. Get rid of all nukes because gas is coming. Gas will save you. Get rid of nukes. Nukes bad. Nuclear power plants bad, 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 bad. Actually, bad. we got a, We both of us got a, an email from Atomic Rod. Yeah, we did. Which was a really went on about this email. because he believes there is. And he's, you know, I, I mean, I think he's got his very... Uh, Set opinions about energy. Well, he's he's uh, Atomic Rod Adams, who was a longtime uh, a supporter of the show, uh, was on a, a nuclear sub for many many years, and he do, and he does work uh, in, uh, in in the business in, in the in the navy. He works in the navy, and he says, "Look, man, backyard nukes are not far away. It's clean. Then you know all this propaganda. It's all propaganda. It's all propaganda." Now, um, of course, Rod has his own agenda, and I wish. See if I see I can make a combustion engine here at home. Right. I mean, I, I can get some a lawnmower and I can get some parts together and I can create a generator. If I could do that, if I can split a couple atoms here at home, you know, and I wouldn't die from it, then we would have a different story. But, you know, it's so embedded into the psyche of people. Well, that, and you heard it in that teaser where they said, why is it still on? Why is it still on? Well, maybe because it's just producing energy and it's not <laughs> doing any harm. So yeah. that maybe that's why it's still on. But this this slanted. Pro petroleum, uh, which you know we're a petroleum economy, and anything that that threatens it is always like, it's always like uh, meets with ruination. Always, yeah, yeah nuclear. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna die. Fact, all this, the thing that happened in the seventies, which we is gonna happen again. You can count on it. Which is the uh, no, no, no. We, it only has to happen every thirty years. We had Fukushima. It's done. It won't happen. Yeah, no, for I, a no while. I'm talking about the about the about the clean energy movement that takes place with the wind power and all these other things. You, the thing you do is you jack up the price of oil as high as you can. You try to manipulate it up, up, up because it really should be selling for twenty five to forty dollars a barrel max instead right. of hundred. So you jack it way up, and then all these other things look like they're, well, you know, this is affordable. We should do this, and you get everybody to invest their money into all this green stuff. And by the way, those funds are all underwater. Put all your money in the green stuff, and then you pull the plug, the rug out from under them. I've seen this happen before. Boom, the price of oil goes back down to where it belongs, $25. All these companies go broke overnight, and they and it just sets them back 20 or 30 they, they can't threaten again. It's just a real common situation because we got so much oil that it's almost crazy to uh to do anything but burn it yeah but we've been mind controlled dude we've been mind controlled that we're of course you know the we're we're killing the earth we're killing peak each other oil and all the peak rest oil all this stuff yeah we're all gonna die and uh, now nuclear and of course uh, i'll reiterate that right after fukushima then uh, germany uh said oh we're shutting everything down no more clean beautiful nuclear energy Right, and if you can be one of the guys involved in the in a since you're not sharing the wealth when you find all this oil, you uh, just control it somehow. Uh, you can make a heck of a lot of money just pumping stuff out of the ground. I mean, there's no work involved except to putting the pump in, and you hire somebody to do that. It's a killer money maker. I mean, that's where you have all those rich guys in Texas. I mean, you know, they're some of the dumbest people you've ever met. <laughs> Rick Perry. 
Case in point. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, February 16th, 2012. Time for Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 383. This is No Agenda. Going generic here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where you can't tweet anymore without hitting the feather button. Whatever is that. What, what's the feather button? I'm John C. Devorah. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> I thought you couldn't hear me or something. You're like, uh, you're just grumbling through my whole uh, And it's, uh, I don't know what happened, but ever since the Leviathan Project, uh, if you haven't uh, heard of that, go to 381.nashownotes.com or leviathanpipeline.com, which is a uh, PR effort from one of our... Uh, producers, which is now forwarding to 381.nashownotes.com, leviathanpipeline.com, which is a great one. So easy yeah. to remember. If you said, you know, said, hey, you want to learn about something cool? Then go to leviathanpipeline.com. And I, I want to mention that you did, you know, when you came up with your uh, uh, thesis, which is actually reality. It's not much of a theory uh, at this point. Uh, the, and you still we, find a way to, to downplay it, no matter how good it is. It's just kind of reality. It's, not really, it's reality. It's not really but that great. I, I was always, I've been on the lookout for some confirmations of your theory. They're just everywhere. Reports that They're even everywhere. though nobody, they report something, <laughs> and I, as soon as they do it, you and I'm sure our listeners do the same thing, go, ah! Yeah, I but know. this it goes right over their heads. I know. Boom. I know. Here, play this from Democracy Now. Can okay, and then I, I have a couple more. Um... I just want to reconfirm what you were thinking. Okay, well, well, what's the name of the clip? It doesn't confirmation of Curry theory. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Opposition activists as the bombardment of the city of Homs continues for a twelfth day. Syrian tanks have reportedly shelled areas of Hama, Syria's fourth largest city. Raids against opposition activists have also been conducted in the capital, Damascus. In Homs, an oil pipeline was attacked earlier today, setting off a major blaze. <laughs> I know. I got a couple of clips as well that I have to play. I know. It's like, I mean, literally, it's like, I tripped on the stairs. See, the theory works. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's not a theory. It's reality. It's everything. Yeah, it's reality. It's, it, I'm a... Reality theorist. Mm-hmm. No theory anymore. I mean, without they yeah, right. report it and they don't you're even right. think twice about it. Yeah, I know. So um, then I want to. Uh, here's one that everyone can go. What's going go on with uh, with Syria? Because a lot of and it's not. It's all related to Iran, of course, as well. Um, you had that Syrian pipeline clip. Uh, here's my Syrian pipeline clip. And you saw how it's nighttime now in Syria. It's actually uh, just before 11 o'clock there, 11 o'clock at night. But uh, much earlier, darkness clouded the city. In fact, these are images. This is the daytime. Look at the sky. Pitch black. That is because of this oil pipeline explosion. Opposition, opposition activists say the Assad regime is to blame. But the government has a different story. The government has a different story. Why would the Assad people be to blame for blowing up their own pipeline? But and, and they and the way she says it though, the government has a different story. Like they're lying. They're lying. They're lying. You, you know they're lying. They're totally lying. It can't be true. I'm a journalist. So now uh we have this uh this new woman. Here's Pooper, Anderson Pooper with Arwa Damon. Arwa Damon, 
who uh, just the setup alone is hilarious. Particularly harshly on Holmes, which has become an opposition stronghold. Eleven people were killed there today, according to activists. Arwa has uh, crossed into Syria. We're not going to say exactly where she is. No, because it's in the studio next door. She is for her own safety and the safety of her team. Safety of her team. Her team. She has a team? She had no team. What, she played baseball? What's the deal? Ah, she's got a whole team there, apparently. I spoke with her just a short time ago. Our opposition groups are reporting that at least 30... Opposition groups are reporting. You got to listen to what these people are saying. Opposition groups are reporting. What opposition group? What is it? We have CNN Syria? Who are these reporters? People have been killed today in Syria. What are you seeing on the ground? Well, we're basically in a safe house. So I'm seeing nothing. We cannot disclose. I can't disclose because I'll be killed. And there has been a nonstop flow of traffic here from members of the Free Syrian Army who have just defected. We are the Free Syrian Army, the nonstop traffic. She's not on the ground. She's holed up somewhere if she's actually in Syria. And, and she's just talking out of the side of her ass. About, yeah, all these guys came in and told me what was going on. So let me report that as truth to you, Pooper. Also in this location at the scene, what is a medical clinic. However, because the area that we're in is effectively under siege, as are many... Effectively under siege, huh? ...the other areas around it, a lot of those in need of medical treatment have not been able to reach this particular location. What's the level of... Org- the big edit, by the way. The whole thing is edited because she's... And, and I'll tell you who she is. Arwa Damon, uh, born uh, in Boston, Massachusetts. She graduated from Robert College in Istanbul, Turkey. In yeah. Turkey. Her father, a teacher at the uh, American Community School of Beirut. She's an asset. We've never heard of this woman before. I've never seen her anywhere. But here's what very interesting. She covered the Middle East as a freelance producer working with CNN, PBS, Fox News, and others. She began her journalism career at Camera Planet working to get correspondence for Peter Arnett's team into pre-war Iraq. Well, you remember Peter Arnett, and there's YouTube videos everywhere, of Peter Arnett and his team sitting in a green screen. You've seen these, right, John? You've seen the green screen video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and pretending like, oh, 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 there's another one. There's another bomb. And then the camera kept rolling. <laughs> and they were sitting in front of a green screen with plants they took from the hotel lobby. She's a, she's a phony. Organization that you're seeing uh, uh, in among opposition forces. There is a fairly impressive amount of organization. Fairly. And, and so the video is guys getting into a Toyota. A blue Toyota with with AK-47s and masks on their face. Impressive organization, Anderson. At this level, the Free Syrian Army units on the village-to-village, town-to-town level appear to be fairly well organized. They are, of course, lacking in weapons. They can't really conduct offensive operations. This is a little code. Of course, they're lacking weapons. So, we, you know, it'll be good if America sends some weapons over there. And then the activists themselves are incredibly well organized, whether it's trying to disseminate... Nah. Incredibly organized. She's seeing all this from her undisclosed location where she hasn't left the room. Information. With a crack in the wall behind her. I love that. That's a great... Her team has did well. 
hey, let's get that crack in the wall behind you. That makes it look like you're in a bombed out place. It's good. Get information around. There is a constant flow of information. Flow. Uh, there have been increasing reports. Uh, another edit. Of, of weapons uh, being sent in, into Syria from a lot. See? Q. And here it is. A lot of different groups, a lot of different countries. Allegations. Another edit. By the regime that Al-Qaeda is behind some of the suicide bombings. Is there tr any truth to that? Oh, oh, okay. Al-Qaeda behind it. Hmm, let's listen. You do see weapons, and the largest weapon we've seen has frankly been an AK-47, and after that, a rocket-propelled grenade. Really no match for what the government has at its disposal. Yes, people say there's been a very slow trickle of weapons coming across various borders, but it really isn't going to be putting the opposition... Answer the question! ...fighters in a sort of military stance. And what we keep being reiterated to us time and time again is that the opposition, the fighters even themselves, do not want to and did not want to have to pick up weapons, but it has been the regime's brutality that has forced them into this position. And when it comes to the issue of al-Qaeda, look, even the U.S. has said that they believe that some sort of al-Qaeda-linked group is perhaps behind the mass bombings in Damascus, behind the bombing that just took place in Aleppo. But they also do believe that this is simply because al-Qaeda, being the network that it is, is one that is fully capable of exploiting the kind of security vacuum that exists here. But it is in... So there's the, uh, there's the shift in the story. The shift is... There's a because there's a vacuum in authority, a vacuum in the regime. That's why Al Qaeda's coming in because uh, they they blow up stuff for a living. That's what they do. Yeah, well, the whole thing. I, I did a bunch of work on this too, uh, and I kind of went in a different direction. All right. I went to. There's a document floating around, which was a leaked document from the Arab League that uh, the Arab League yeah, States Observing Mission. You've seen it. Yeah. And there's a couple of things that were interesting in it. One was a list of all these journalists from around the world that were brought in to look, you know, to, to basically look around. And it, which belies the argument that no journalist can get in. Well, there's journalists from everywhere in yeah. the, in the, and they're all over the place. And they put, and they, there's a good documentation of them up to, right up to uh, brought TBS Japanese Broadcasting Network 3 1 2012. Uh, sent in Italian official television, French journalist Hervé de Gaulle, and it, one after another. So I decided to start looking at the um, some of the French. I looked at actually I looked at any number of these people, including uh, one woman who was listed as we got her name right. Um, yeah, Elizabeth. Uh, no, this is a different one. Elizabeth Palmer. Uh, I don't have her name, but anyway, uh, Elizabeth Co uh, Cocker. So you couldn't find her because her name is actually Elizabeth Phelan. They had a, this is an old maiden name they had on there. So I finally found her stuff. She uh, works for Russia Today and a bunch of other uh, Canadian outlets. And she says the whole thing that's over there is a bunch of bull crap. And they won't print any of it. And so then I said, well, let me just look at some of the foreign publications. And so I started looking at the French stuff, but going through a bunch of different translators. I actually retranslated most of these documents three different times to figure out what the hell they were talking about. Yeah. And the, uh, 
the French guys were saying this whole thing is crap. They kind of shut down the, uh, the somebody or another started attacking them, and they all grouped together and met. And there's a lot, number of French guys met at a nun's place out in the middle of nowhere as a, in a secret meeting to discuss what's going on with this this Catholic nun who's a French that's living in the area. And she goes on this long tirade about this is all a bunch of bullcrap dreamed up by Western media. She doesn't know why. And this is all reported in La Vie, among other French publications. So I'm thinking this whole thing is just, I mean, we can't even use anything because this is all bullcrap. Well, I mean, it's, it's such bullcrap that even the stuff that we try to deconstruct is just completely off the rails. And the people behind this, by the way, the, the, this this rating of Syria, it seems to me, if you start looking at the public relations agencies involved, are all stem back to the Muslim Brotherhood. Right. These are the Muslim Brotherhood taking over the area. They've taken over Egypt. They're taking over Syria. Looks like they're trying to take over Tunisia. There was a really good report over the last few days about what's going on in Tunisia. They're trying, you know, there's a big battle where they should well, put what, Sharia but, what, law but, in. Well, wasn't that the whole point is to have uh, everyone freaking out? And so that... Uh, if yeah, we, if, exactly. That's it, what the point of the Leviathan Project yeah, is. So that, then uh, you can just run the Israeli gas into Europe exactly. and everybody's happy camper. And meanwhile, the Israelis are surrounded by a bunch of maniacs. Well... So this is where it gets very interesting, uh, back to the Leviathan Project. So first of all, we had, um, uh, very interesting. We had the, uh, we had Bibi, uh, show up in Cyprus. <laughs> Bibi Netanyahu made his first visit to Cyprus ever by an uh, Israeli prime minister this week. He said that uh, he and uh, President uh, Dimitris Christofias discussed a variety of ways the two countries can work together in agriculture, tourism, science, and, oh yeah, energy exploration. Really? <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, it's always the last on the list. Yeah, both leaders declined to speak publicly Maybe about... Maybe nobody will read that far. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, of course, this relates back to Greece. And on Sunday's show, while we were wrapping up the show... Uh, Greece was on fire, essentially, just on fire. A couple of interesting things happened. Uh, well, here's the first one that, uh, that got reported uh, on Monday. I think it is quite serious. Make no mistake, Hugh, that EU officials are, are playing it tough. I think for the moment, certainly, this second Greek bailout uh, is on hold. And the reason for that is that the EU officials do not believe that Greece has met conditions, crucial conditions. They want key political leaders to give written guarantees that after elections uh, in April, they will fully implement these new austerity measures. They also want further uh, budget cuts. But I am detecting growing tension between some Greek ministers and some European ministers. One Greek minister today did say, quite simply, the Greek people have had enough and can't take uh, any more. But also some European ministers are discussing the possibility of a Greek default in a way certainly they weren't uh, a year ago. Uh, the German finance minister Wolfgang Schäuble said, um, compared to two years ago, we are much better prepared to survive a Greek default. Now, against this background, the Greek economy seems to be collapsing. In the last quarter of last year, it contracted by 7%. Right. So, what is happening here? And there's a document floating around. Now, I read uh, a blog by this guy named John Ward. 
And John Ward was a big advertising executive in the 80s and early 90s in the United Kingdom. And he has a blog called The Slog. He's retired. Uh, you can find it at hat4uk.wordpress.com. Hat4uk.wordpress.com. And he has a lot of friends on the inside. And he posted today... Greek default exclusive, senior U.S. bankers give an explicit timetable for Athens default. And by the way, lots of countries default. It's not like, you know, the end of the world. Uh, but March 23rd is, uh, and apparently Barclays has it and one other bank who he can't mention. Uh, but I, I, I trust this guy. He's been right about a lot of things. March 23rd, at close of business. That's a Friday. And Monday, uh, the banks will not dispense money in Greece. So that'll be the 26th. Uh, and everyone's been kind of waiting for this moment. And the reason why is the privatization deals are done. China Three Gorges, G-O-R-G-E-S, has uh, purchased, uh, has finalized their purchase of the stake in the uh, EDP, the Greek energy company, $3.5 billion. Uh, the uh, committee that was appointed just a few months ago um, has said, you know what, we're probably going to have to have the state give up every single bit, everything of their, uh, all of their uh, stake in, uh, in the Greek energy infrastructure. And it's the Chinese, although there is one Azerbaijan company who is also in on it, but the Chinese are the ones that are purchasing and buying all of this up. And that, com- that flows right in. There's another Lucifer Clinton connection there. That's the uh, Far East Energy Corporation. So this is, I think, that this has been a total Chinese setup for purchasing the assets, as the deals will be done, and then it's just like, screw them. Let them burn. Just let them burn. And Italy will be next. Because Italy already has the pipeline, by the way, that was built in 2010. They have the pipeline with Greece. And Italy be, will be the next country that will have to privatize everything. That's really what these austerity measures are about. No one in the elitist world in the oil cabal gives a crap about the people. It's all about the privatization of the companies. And then we had Haiku Herman. And for some reason, I can't find my... Where's my clip of Haiku Herman? Hmm. Let me grab it from YouTube. Haiku Herman was... Uh, let me see. Where was he? Oh, gee. Do you think he was in China? This past week, <laughs> it becomes so transparent. Um, he was in China while the uh, vice chairman was in uh, Iowa. Is that right? I don't know about the vice chairman, but here's uh, here's Haiku Herman talking to the Chinese at a press conference. Listen to the words that he's, uh, he's using. It's quite As impressive. Said, we welcomed the declaration of Premier Wen last week in which he said that China will consider to be involved deeper in European integration. Yes, uh, by buying all of our sheet. We take note of it and we welcome it. (laughs) Noted. Second point is, in the past already, China has shown in a concrete way its interests in the Eurozone by investing in sovereign bonds of individual countries and by investing in European stability instruments. Third point is it is up to China to make its own China. decisions 
in order to contribute to the stability of the Eurozone. Mm -hmm. As Premier Wen said just a few moments ago, we agreed that we will consult and cooperate uh, with each other in these matters. So Haiku Herman basically went on his knees and blew the Chinese. Please hook us up. Just come on, man. You're going to get the infrastructure. Just come on in. You've got to... You've got to participate in the ESM, the European Stability Mechanism. Please. But of course, the guy, the only guy who really has the story straight and what's really going on is our buddy, Nigel Farage. It's always fun to hear a little bit of Nigel bitching at the European Starfleet Command. Well, Commissioner, you picked the right man. Puppet Papademos is in place, and as Athens caught fire on Sunday night, he rather took my breath away. He said, violence and destruction have no place in a democratic country. What democratic country? (laughs) He's not even a democratically elected prime minister. He's been appointed by you guys. And Greece isn't run through democracy now, it's run through a troika. Three foreign officials that fly into Athens airport and tell the Greeks what they can and can't do. The violence and destruction that you saw on Sunday is being caused directly because people are having their democratic rights taken from them. What else can they do? And I must say, if I was a Greek citizen, I would have been out there joining those protests on Sunday. I'd be out there trying to bring down this monstrosity that has been put upon those people. And in his efforts, in the puppet's efforts, (laughs) to get the MPs to vote for the bailout package, he warned them that if they didn't do so, there would be a dramatic decline in living standards. Well, as he looked outside the front door, Has he seen the fact that 50% of the young people are unemployed already? Has he seen the fact that the economy, far from stalling, has contracted for five years in a row and is now accelerating on a downward death spiral, a contraction of 7% per annum? Greece is being driven into the ground. And I think, frankly, when it comes to chaos, you ain't seen nothing yet. I love that reference! That's going to be the new theme song. I think you're missing the whole point on this one. I don't think so. Well, let's take a look at this. What's what's going on? You're taking the perspective that they're going to just let Greece fall apart and the fuck these no, guys because no, the oil no. Let me just tell you what's really happening here. This is a complete setup. There's no way that the Chinese are going to be allowed to own this thing because the Chiners are out of the picture. We don't want them in North Africa. We definitely don't want them in Greece. This whole thing is designed to create a collapse of Greece, a a revolution, a a refoundation, probably kick them out of the EU, refound the government, nationalize all that stuff that they, they privatized, and go right back to square one the way the Greeks always operated. And they've done this before. They have had these revolutions in Greece over the years, and they nationalize well, everything. Well, that's an on, old no, trick that's well, done no. in South America, and that gets the Chiners out. Well, bear with me. Then, then we're then I'm then you're taking it one step further. So it is correct. They're bringing the Chiners in right now. I mean, I have the it's the the the, the press releases are there. They've they've purchased the assets, and then they go and nationalize and kick them out. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah. Oh, that that's way good. they get the money. I like that. They get the, they get the money. <laughs> they get their pipeline back. They get their old system back. And then there'd be you and them maybe make friends afterwards. Okay. No, I'll this buy whole that. thing is designed to screw the Chinese. Nice. No, I'm liking that one. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. And Sunday, February 19, 2012. Time for Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 384. This is No Agenda. Measuring the balance of the universe here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where bonds backed by mortgages regain allure. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Blood and Buzzkill in the morning. You know you're not on the Horowitz show, right? I just read that was the top hit. And then you have the people that support the bullcrap like Oberman. It's gotten worse. Uh, Angelina Jolie is now confirmed to be an asset. Uh, it's unbelievable. So she does this movie about um, Bosnia. And wasn't Bosnia, John, am I crazy in not remembering? Wasn't that also about a pipeline? I think there may have been. A, well, we, it's, I'm sure there was a pipeline. Wasn't involved. that a Balkans pipeline type thing deal? It could be. I'm sure it wasn't. No one, well, let me look it up. Yeah, the elitists don't really give a crap. So anyway, she does this movie where she says she financed herself. Uh, was a big fun, big a lot of chunk of change. You know, probably fifteen, twenty million dollars. Wait a minute, be- before we go on, there apparently now there's a new initiative, the Ionian Adriatic Pipeline going through Bosnia, which is a natural gas proposed pipeline. There you go. Which may have something to do with your other your other the Leviathan theory. Absolutely. Well, she's yeah, okay. she's Man. now she's now coming as part of the Leviathan theory. She's now coming out and says it's. This is Angelina Jolie. It's time to intervene in Syria. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? And then she's at an award. What's she got to do with it? Well, people listen to her. Come on, man. She's hot. Sexy. Do you want to steal some kids or what's the deal? No, no, no. No, She's an asset. Remember, she is the uh, United Nations ambassador for, uh, for refugees. So she's she's uh, she's a confirmed asset. Uh, quote: I think Syria has got to a point, sadly, where certain where certainly some form of intervention is absolutely necessary. Jolie told Al Jazeera Balkans in an interview shown on the channel's internet site. It's so sad. It's so upsetting. It's so horrible what's happening. At this time, we just must stop the civilians being slaughtered. And then she goes to Egypt. And uh, we have the former director of the International Atomic Energy Agency, also a Nobel Prize, uh, Peace Prize winner, and shill of the uh, Crisis Institute, the guy who was supposed to go in and become president of Egypt, Al-Baradai. And Al-Baradai gives her some award and kisses her. <laughs> So, you know, it's Anything like... Anything to get a cheap kiss. Apparently, she's like five foot three. Did you know this? She, I thought she was well, like six foot right, tall. Well, this is the right. We've said this in a million Wikipedia. times. in Wikipedia. I've been told that she's like, she's like one of these, um, you know, like a pixie. Well, that could be because, I mean, you don't know, but I mean, it seems as if um, Brad Pitt is not a tall man. No, he's not. 
He's not. And uh, let's see if we can get. I'm about to look up Angelina Jolie height, and usually they have a a few references. That's always wrong, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Angelina Jolie waiting because they lie. You know she, but she's five five. I bet she's smaller than. No wait, that. no, that's just somebody else. No, it says she's five seven. No, 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 no. I, I was I was speaking to people who have met her, and they said no, she's like she's like a pixie. She's like a little teeny dainty little thing. You just want to pick her up between your 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 thumb and index finger, and like put her over there. I don't Maybe believe she's, she's five seven. Thin. She's very thin. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. She's like a little pixie. But she's five seven. It says by everyone. Yeah, I don't believe that. Apparently, recently she's down to like a hundred pounds or something. Now I don't have to tell you how I know that a lot of these things are wrong, but a lot of these things are wrong, particularly well, when it, a lot when of it comes these to wrong, height, yeah. uh, weight, and age. But I'd say height and age are the two most lied about things on uh, Wikipedia. I think weight is right up there. Uh, maybe now here's one where she says she's five eight. <laughs> Please. No way. Even that I know is not true. No can't way. Be. No way. So anyway, um, yeah, we got it. We got to get because there is something else going on with Kosovo. What's going on? Uh, I keep reading about that. This. Would be this oil, this this natural gas pipeline. Uh, hold on a second, because I actually didn't pull the clip, but uh, Lucifer Clippity Clop. Let me see. I bet you. I bet you this is about and, it. And- while you're doing it, you want to take a, just a quick aside? Mm-hmm. I think somebody's listening to our show. You think? Well, because I watched the children's show Doodle Bops, <laughs> which is the worst piece of crap ever produced for children. Doodle Bops. And there's a reference to our show in there. If you play the clip, in the, just as a shorty, you tell me that you can spot it. <laughs> Come on, Mo, let's go. That was a good hiding spot. Doodle. I'm Mo Doodle, and we're the Doodle Bops. The Clippity Clops. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's just silly. <laughs> the Clippity Clops. Writers, they're writers. They write for the Doodle Bops. They're listening to our show. <laughs> hey, we're moving up in the world. Yeah, Clippity Clop was out there with. Um, let me see. Uh, let me see. The search for the word Kosovo. There it is. Oh my goodness. Uh, she was out with uh, Kathy Ashton, and they were, like, blowing oh, each other again. I saw the picture of the two of them. Oh. And I saw a picture of Hillary and, Ka- and Ashton yeah, recently. That's what I'm saying. Those two. Oh, yeah. Right. And Ashton. She, yeah. They, look ter- they look like gay lovers. They would make a handsome couple, wouldn't they? I think so. Let's see. Uh, let me and see. Hillary doesn't look good. She's gaining weight. No, and she's me, yeah, clip looks clop. tired. They're trying to. I think they're they're That'll ruining her. Everyone. Clippity um, clop. Let me see if I can uh, find always this. Always uh, a pleasure to uh, welcome my friend and colleague, the high representative. What's this high representative bullcrap? The high representative. She's stoned, man. She's <laughs> <stoned>. <laughs> high. What else could it mean? <laughs> Kathy, man, hey, hey, man, high representative, pass on the on the crack pipe, man. I want to get high too. You can't be the only one who's high. Union here to Washington. <laughs> uh, we always have uh, a lot to discuss, and we are always uh, relying on each other because, uh, as I said in uh, Munich a few weeks ago, Europe uh, remains America's partner of first resort on all of the global challenges we are confronting uh, together. Ooh, uh, I really? know that uh, Kathy uh, understands uh, the 
uh, significant. I'll fast forward. Maybe, if I can find it, it'll be good. The ongoing violence against Syrian people perpetrated yeah, really. by the Assad regime. Here, let's see if I can find um, it. I also um, want to extend um, on behalf of uh, 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 myself and our government uh, our sympathies to uh, the family of Anthony Shadid and to the New York Times. Uh, yeah, by the way, this was kind of weird. This Anthony Shadid deal. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, 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 a prize winning journalist who was he's been shot. He's been yeah, no, the guy sounds like uh, one of these characters you run into when you read about the Civil War and these guys that basically, you know, running around with no arms or legs and they're still fighting. And uh, and so he's in Syria. And, you know, I see like the guys from CNN are just now on the street in uh, in homes. Not on the street, but he had to climb through barbed wire through Turkey and come into Syria. Did you, when you read the story of his passing because of an unfortunate bout of uh, asthma? Yeah. Did you have like a, hmm, really? Two to the head. Yeah. And, I mean, because the guy speaks fluent Arabic, multiple dialects. I'm thinking he found out what the true bull crap is. And I'm like, mm, sorry, man. Good work. But. I mean, it's it's horrible. Well, he may, I think. It, well, I think we've already. I think most people, have, not most people, but at least listeners to this show and others have uh, deconstructed some of this. I think he, there was something more than anything we've even thought of that he must have uncovered. He's one of those guys that's digging yeah, around. Yeah, he's constantly. really digging deep. Yeah, he must I mean, have found something, something that big. if anyone knew, and we obviously don't know what it is, uh, there would have been a disaster for someone. You know, who knows? You may have run into a whole. You know. A, a, I have no idea. Poker party with uh, Jimmy Carter, for all we know. I mean, who knows? Or maybe the third Obama. I have no idea. Let's listen to Lucifer, because she does mention Kosovo in this. The opposition and to provide relief to the people of Syria. I will be attending the Friends of Syria conference in Tunisia <laughs> next week. Uh, Friends of Syria conference? Did you get an invite to that? Oh, I got snubbed. <laughs> a number of nations uh, will work to intensify... Uh, pressure on the regime and to mobilize the humanitarian uh, yeah so here it comes so she's actually there is something going on with Kosovo which we didn't which we weren't aware of and she's going to bring it up I'm looking at the transcript since I didn't clip this so I I'm kind of filling time regimes uh, actions tear the country apart here it comes uh, we're looking oh, for an include let me forward it here we go is uh, uh, leading uh, to try to uh, advance euro uh, integration for both Serbia and Kosovo. Deputy Secretary Burns uh, is encouraging both sides uh, to remain flexible and open to compromise. Okay, so what is going on? That must be the pipeline. Yeah, obviously that's what she's all, that's all she's on right now is the pipeline stuff. Hmm. Everything that she's doing, if you we've just listened to the last five or six shows since, and actually any shows after Leviathan, it's she's always connected it. to this thing somehow. Well, uh, right with the noble oil thing. I mean, everything is connecting her to this. And so she's going to be, I don't know, she may be the quality control person, the front man, the person, that you, the guy who goes ahead, advanced person. She's the advanced man for the, for everything, making sure everything, all the ducks are in a row so nobody screws up when they get, put all these things together. So there's a couple of uh, interesting news articles where we just stick on Leviathan for a second. And by the way, it uh, is the largest uh, natural gas offshore discovery in the world in the last decades. Uh, It's a little long, but I like it. 
So uh, I've gotten a lot of insider emails, uh, and these come in encrypted. You can use PGP encryption, uh, and even after I've read it, I delete it, uh, and hopefully that protects you and me. Right, and I don't do any of that. No, please don't send it to John, <laughs> whatever you do. Just in case. Uh, so um, Solar Turbines, have you heard of this company? Uh, I'm sure I will. So Solar Turbines is a, was purchased by Caterpillar. It's a Caterpillar mm. company. Okay. And, and uh, my source uh, is, uh, has a source well-positioned at Solar. And uh, so uh, my source, that's uh, Adam here, uh, said to his, uh, his person in that organization, so um, how are you doing with the, because, you know, solar turbines, it sounds so innocuous, 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 like it's about to- turbines for solar. Or something, yeah, yeah but what, apparently not. They're, apparently they're making an effing killing on their natural gas turbines. Yeah. Huge. They're, they're uh, huge. I'll read from their website. Uh, products from solar turbines may play an important role in the development of oil, natural gas, and power generation projects around the world. Mm-hmm. It's huge, apparently. Now, Turkey, as you know, Turkey is uh, kind of got cut out of this uh, Leviathan gas field in Israel and Cyprus deal. And Turkey <laughs> here is uh, are now starting to freak out as Israel and Cyprus signed uh, their agreement that will allow Israeli defense planes and ships to use Cypriot airspace and territorial waters. And Turkey saying, "Oh yeah, well we're 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 turning our ships around too, so we could see an actual uh, war happening there because Cyprus uh, part of that is uh, is Turkish. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah." So what? Uh, so here. So here's the way this could play out. So the Syrian thing is just a show uh, to force the Russians to take some, you know, positive side on the C- Syria or in the Cypriot uh, action. Mm-hmm. So Russia's got to do something. There's going to be some. This would be my prediction for the Red Book. There's going to be some sort of weird activity conf- with a confrontation between Russia and Turkey. And when that when yes. the Russians finally make the Turks back off, then the, the Syrian thing calms down. That would be the Russians that, are the one that are hurt most by the Syrian thing. Yes, they, they, yes, it's all about Russia. Well, thank you so much, Stephen Anto, for putting together that, that pipeline special. Um, it really kind of covers all the ground. Yeah, I think this is actually uh, kind of another good introductory show. To it's kind of an eye opener, I'd say. You did a great job. I mean, this is really on you, I think, more than anything, because your pipeline analysis is has never been done like this by anybody. I was actually, you, you nailed it. This was, I have to give you kudos on that. Well, I have thing. to say, there's nothing that gives me, there, well, there are a few things in the world that give me more pleasure than bringing something out that you are actually into and like. Well, thank you very much. But the, Does that but make the any fact sense? of the blather is you actually nail, you, you stumbled. I don't know if you, how you found this. This is the original Leviathan thing. It was astonishing. And, and now, of course, we use it as one of our benchmarks. We check the, you know, when you do, when you do our Google search, we always like to put in, you know, something. And you, we have different code words that we put in our Google. And you can now, pipeline is always, boom, number one, there's a pipeline excuse for something going on. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's actually ridiculous. <laughs> well, it's ridiculous that we weren't on to it, you know, like, I don't know, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah, as investors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, another missed opportunity. We missed out on that. We missed out on the drones. Boy, we suck. Um, 
So a reminder uh, that this, of course, has been a slow week for us, so we'd uh, really appreciate if you could go to... Dvorak.org slash N-A And support our programs moving forward. We'll be very happy to thank everybody, uh, all of the pro- uh, producers, uh, uh, executive producers, associate producers, on uh, the upcoming uh, No Agenda podcast, which will be this coming Thursday. Ms. Mickey and I fly back on Wednesday, and uh, you know I'm sure I'll have some store. Well, I know I'll have some stories. Uh, from the lowlands because you know you meet a lot of people you hear new things uh, yeah. of course uh, there's you know we're having this big party um at the supper club with a lot of no agenda people will show up so you know you get the locals man it's just like the hot pockets tour which i'd like to point out um one week after we're back we're on the road some way shape or form i want to remind everyone who has birthday call us we'll do them when we uh, on that following thursday and uh, though it includes my daughter, by the way, whose birthday is on the 11th. Ah, and, and she's going to be 17 now? 18. Wow. Hey, 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 hey. Isn't is that legal? Well, I got to come to town and take Jay out. Uh, 21, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have one uh-huh. question. I have one I question this, for you. Uh, let me borrow your gun, by the way. <laughs> I have one question for you. Sure. Um, of all the things related to the show, obviously. Is there anything you would like me to change or do differently? Well, it's, you're catching me off guard because I have a laundry list somewhere. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I think this. I think the show is, is good to go for another uh, there's, few years. There's nothing as long you as find... people support us. I, it's not me that has you know the final say. It's the listeners, and so we always and the listeners mostly know that, and we hope that they uh, stick with us. Well, that's a n- nicely done. But there's nothing. There's nothing. You th- if, oh, if Curry would only not do that, if you could only change this, it would just... There's nothing, huh? Well, you know, the slide whistle copycat thing is a little annoying, but uh, I'll let that slide because you're actually pretty good at it. Yeah. I, I do have one thing for you. There's only one thing I would like you to change. Uh-huh. This is the set. Yeah. Well, I gave you all the opportunity, and didn't up, right? I? Okay, go. Yeah. Yeah, well. Could you please, for the love of God, please change your picture on Skype? I have to look at that stupid picture photoshopped uh, of you with a mustache and a I'm beard and hippie it. hair. I, I actually made about 10 of those pictures up. I'm going to switch to number two. I look at that picture five, to B. five hours a week. Because <laughs> I have it's a, pretty it's, gruesome, isn't it? It's hor- but yeah, but I've seen it for four years now. Oh yeah, I'll change to the one of the. In fact, ones. I'm going to make it the album you won't art. Like it anymore? I'm going to make it the album art so everyone can see what I've been looking at. Who made that? Did you make that? Yeah, I did it in Photoshop. That's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And otherwise, keep it exactly the same. Ever-changing. Exactly the same. (laughs) Don't go changing, baby. All right, everybody. We'll be on our way back. Can't wait to uh, be back at home base Camp MoFo um, again just for a week. Uh, Hopefully, we have a trailer by now. I don't know. I'll have a week to sort something out. So we are looking for that for the Hot Pockets 2009 tour, uh, which will take us through, uh, what is it, Uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, Colorado, Montana, uh, Idaho. That's kind of the route. Ms. Mickey's all over that. We're coming to you from from the fake Amsterdam location, because I'm really still in Camp Mofo. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, because I haven't moved an inch. I'm sitting in the same chair. I'm John C. Dvorak. Looking forward to talking to y'all. 
on Thursday here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A